Hello, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran, and I'm here with River Brown and Javales, and this is now episode 196. In this episode, we are going to talk about the Suns match in the Pacers offer sheet for DeAndre Ayton. If Donovan Mitchell makes the Knicks a playoff lock, Russell Westbrook and his agent parting ways, Christian Wood potentially not starting, and more. A quick YouTube member and Patreon shout out to Creelo, King J, Phantom Wolf, Danko Hawkins, Matthew Jimenez, Dixon, Demetrius, Dayton, LMG, 27, Armin, Nico, Ben, Musty, Cosmos, Jaron, Nick, Vincent, your local bronze sexual, Jordan, Tua is amazing, love you, Drew, Traylon Burks, Rookie of the Year, MG Nas, UK Boge, J Love, Clear, Zach W, Cole, Darius Garland's next, Nazir, Dwayne, I have a crush on River, Travis, Drew's the Goat, Holmes, 206, your boy Nick, Jake the Snake, Corrupt, Riv makes me nut, Dylan, Afosa, Mason, I be kissing dudes and shit, Gentile, Drew, Kate MVP, SP, Warzy, Shot, Jordan, What, Evan, Riv makes me erect, Dwell is the Goat, Mayo, Andre, Peter, Daniel, Ben, Rufus Rooster dives in deep. Kill moves. Joel B. Eagle Dollar. Tizzy. Corey. Get Funkled. Dylan. Dom. Orlando. Big Chuck. Hooked. Cole. Liam. T. Grove. To a sucks on car. Ryan. Epic Lankiness. It's Black Ace. BJ. PJ's. Linkson. Jazzy. Juice. Johannes. Dave. Muffins. Sean. Burner Hoops. Court. Cousins. P. Dot. Hakari. And J. Aqua. Good old Jay Aqua. It's getting harder and harder to say that when there's like seven or eight names that are 100% questionable. Wow. Wow. You've been, you've been late to, uh, to, uh, when I, after Jay Aqua, you've been late to I'm it. Sorry. Cause I've just been taken aback by some of these crazy names. <laughs> Riv makes me, yeah, I can't even, I can't even like what is going on. Like what's going through these guys heads. Where are we going to go back to the wholesome, uh, Patreon names? When when's that gonna happen? I don't think we're going back to that personally. Jesus Christ! You know it, it's happen. it's funny because it's probably somebody we talk to heavily in this. I know one. Yeah. I know one person whose it is. Like I think I know who's. I have a crush on Riv. That's it. I don't know who's the rest like, of those. Yeah, we're never going back to that. Like it's never ever <laughs> going back to that. And before we go on, shout out to Hoop Politics HP for being on the show. Our guy coming back. Thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. This is going to be awesome. Last episode was definitely awesome. JC was on here. And last episode, we definitely touched on a lot of topics. Uh, I think we had you on like in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Now it's off-season talk. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Before we even go into all that, I remember the last time we were talking. And one of the things that I said was that Spencer Dinwiddie was the truth. And y'all said, well, he's horrible with the Wizards. Are you ready to retract that statement? Because he was balling in the playoffs. Not me. Drew and Riff can do that, but not me. Because I, lo- I I knew that Dinwiddie was nice. When he got traded gonna- to Dallas, I told y'all he was going to do work. We're going to see when he's back in that starting role. We're going to we'll see. Take we'll take the L on that. Thank, thank you for stepping up to the play, Riff. I, I respect that. I appreciate that. Drew, you know, you, you got to do better. You got to do better. We Listen, we're going to see what if, happened this year. If bro's going to come back to the starting lineup, I got to see it. I got to see it. Well, look, well, look, we're not going to talk about what I said about RJ Barrett either. 
Not gonna yeah. talk about that. There we go. God, Smart. You got killed for that RJ Barrett take. Hey, my, my notifications were off. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what do you have to say about rj barrett now i know we're going to talk about the knicks a little later but what do you have to say about rj and his improved uh statistics late in the season um i think well i was wrong as far as um my uh just my tough takes on him i would say you know he definitely showed up uh as we went later and later into the season i still don't think that he's a superstar or the faith of the team or I don't even know if he's a second option level player, but oh, wow. I will say that he's definitely improved. Uh, he showed a whole lot more consistency, um, a lot better basketball IQ and decisions. And, um, and I hope I hope that, you know, he continues to improve and continue to prove me wrong. Yeah, that's going to be definitely good for the Knicks. Pick sure. a side, pick a side Zoom edition. Drew is uh, in Montreal. He's in Yes, Canada. sir. Shout out to my boy, K. Schmitty. He's getting married. We're on his bachelor party right now. Can't say much else about it, but uh, having a good time and figure, you know, I take some time out of the day to to get this podcast going and get some content out. Right? Why not? Do your job. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Job me, I love to do. Me, I'm in a in a studio where we record. HP is in his uh, wonderful home with the great background, and Riv is in the basement of a warehouse. The boxes are killing me. The boxes are killing me. This is my new crib that I told you I moved into. This ah, is facts. Basement. It's too much kids upstairs for me to go up there <laughs> and do what I got to do. And you're wearing so. a Riv Academy shirt. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the Academy, man. I just made this shirt the other day. My cousin, she got the little machine. The machine is actually right over there. And it's really easy. You just do the thing over. The cricket? The Word. Okay. Well, that's my girlfriend made my uh, my pick a side shirt with that. So that's why I was wondering. I don't know what it's called. I just, I'm just looking at the machine. It's Big machine. So. We're yes. actually Joey's working on a River Academy shirt to drop on pickasidepodcast.com shop. So you guys Real. can get a River Academy shirt. It's gonna be the same font. It's gonna be the same shirt that River's wearing, <laughs> pretty much. Um, well, a lot of great stuff happened over the past couple of days. I can't wait to talk about the Knicks, although that's not the first topic of the show. The first topic of the show is going to be about the Phoenix Suns matching DeAndre Ayton's offer sheet of $133 million. Gave him a max pretty much. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think it was smart on the Suns' part to match the offer sheet? Do you think that too little too late they already basically ruined the relationship with Aiden? What are your thoughts on this and what it means for the Suns' championship aspirations this season? I'll start with you, Drew. So DeAndre Aiden, going back to the Suns, I can't say that I'm upset that the Suns are doing this. I feel like what other option did they have really? You lose your Vail McGee in free agency. DeAndre Eaton knows how to play that role. Yes, he's been a little bit underwhelming. We saw that in the playoffs, unfortunately. But even still, this is, an, is a double-double machine. You can't lose that in free agency. And for that price, four years, 133, I'm more than okay with it. The Suns clearly are in a position where they need the best available lineup to put on the court to compete with teams like the Warriors, to compete with teams like the Dallas Mavericks, the Nuggets, and the Clippers, who are going to be back and healthy this season, who are a lot of people's teams, a lot of people's teams to win the championship right now. I think that you bring back A and you try to run it back one more time. And for that price, listen, four years, 133 for the number one overall pick, who, who, yes, he's not as great or not as good as you would want if you're the Phoenix Suns, given the fact that you missed on Luca, you missed on Trey Young. But DeAndre Ian does a job. He can do it a little bit better. And I think that with a little bit more motivation, DeAndre Ian's going to be fine. 
guess I'll go next. <laughs> you know what? It's just so we don't have these like awkward pause and interruptions. <laughs> let's just do it like we do it on the show. So, Riv, you go. Drew, you go. HP, you go. That works. Uh, I'm cool with that. The first time ever. I was shocked. I think it's because I'm in the top right box. The reason is because on my screen, you're on the bottom right. So, you're I'm looking directly at you. Yeah, you're right next to me. So, Drew's like all the way at the bottom. Okay, cool. Um, I think it was a little bit of both. I think at this point, you kind of like... You couldn't get like you couldn't just let him walk. You know, he's the number one pick. He may have been a little bit underwhelming, but you can't let him walk for nothing. I think with this team you have right now, Chris Paul, DeAndre and Devin Booker, you still have a chance to be a competitive playoff team. And that's what you want to keep relevant in this situation. Devin Booker being young, Chris Paul aging, but still being, you know, a relative star. I think at this point you had to bring him in. You couldn't just let him go to Indiana. Now, on the flip side. He's been disgruntled for maybe a year, I want to say. You know, he's been pretty upset with his role. He's been pretty upset with the fact that they don't want they didn't want to pay him. So I guess in the end, he got his money, but I feel like he wanted a new environment. So now how is he gonna play next season being at a place he really doesn't want to be? I don't know. That's tough to sell, but I still think he's a good player. I still think he has room to grow. You know, he was underwhelming against Dallas, but that was against Luca. Luca makes everybody look underwhelming at the same time. I ain't going to knock him for that. But offensively, he does need to be more aggressive. They need to feed him into the offense a little bit more. And he needs to get better as a basketball player. But I think Phoenix did the right thing. They had the match. They matched it pretty quick, actually. So they they needed to do this because they couldn't just let him walk for nothing. I think that it was definitely a good thing for Phoenix to, to go ahead and match the offer. You know, I think a lot of people talk bad about DeAndre Ayton and everything, but the way I look at it is how many legitimate seven-foot centers, seven-foot-plus centers could you name in the NBA that have post moves, that can hit their free throws, that block shots, and that will play the majority of the season? There's not that many that you can name. Ayton provides a lot of things, but it's it's seen as less than because of the age of basketball we're in as far as guards and wings being at a premium. Um, he still averaged 17 and 10 during the season. I think during the playoffs, he was around 17 and eight. So, you know, he did drop a little bit with his minutes going up slightly in the playoffs, but I think to your point, he wants to be in a better role. And I think that Phoenix has to find a better way of getting him involved in the role because Chris Paul is getting older. Um, Bridges, Cam Johnson, guys like that, you know, they're still really just spot up three point shooters and guys who are going to get out in transition and Devin Booker, while he is a really good one-on-one scorer, he is going to need easier buckets to come for him and for that organization. So I think that it was great that they matched it. I don't think that they could have done anything better to y'all's point. But what I will say is I do believe that y'all have hurt the relationship to no repair long-term. Um, the fact that y'all didn't go ahead and give him his extension last year when he should have gotten it, you had Chris Paul get on TV and say, we're going to get this guy paid, and it didn't happen right away. And now we're at the point where I got to go and basically – fight and get my money by signing with somebody else and forcing y'all's hand, it makes it to where it doesn't feel like y'all really wanted me and y'all just doing this now because you can't let me go. So long-term, I'm not sure how this is going to look, but in the short term, I think this definitely makes Phoenix a lot better, but they're going to have a lot of decisions to make in the next couple of years. You guys make a lot of good points. Uh, DeAndre Ayan, $133 million, max contract basically, getting paid 33 mil a year. He's now the fifth highest paid center in the league. 
Now, is that an overpay? I don't think so because he's a top seven center in the league. You have Jokic. Well, oh, okay. He was going to name him. Sorry. You, you have Kat. Jokic, Embiid, Cat, Gobert, Bam. Jared Allen, I think, is better than DeAndre. And I think he's a, a significantly better defender. Sure. Than him. Yeah, and that's why I that. put him over. Seven mm-hmm. is DeAndre. And, and after that, I, at eight, I have Kristaps Porzingis. And then I have Clint Capella at nine, Jonas Valanciunas at 10. So because of that, Miles Turner, I, I don't know where I rank him. I, I quite frankly don't have an interest in ranking him because yeah. he never plays. And really, <laughs> the Suns the Suns never were interested in a signing trade. That's why they matched the offer. They didn't want Miles Turner back. The only person they wanted was Kevin Durant. And with them matching this offer sheet, they cannot trade for Kevin Durant anymore until January 15th, if he's even available. So this takes the Suns out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. I know some Suns reporters are still trying to sprue up that narrative, but it's gone. It's done. It's over with. He's not going to Phoenix. We'll see where he ends up now. DeAndre is a good player. He does have to get better. He does have to now take on that role of being the second option. Chris Paul is getting older. DeAndre has to become an all-star for this contract to be worth it. It's as simple as that. And to the point of you, when you talked about how the relationship is beyond repair, maybe that's true. Maybe Aiden is disgruntled, but this may come across as a bit too harsh. I like who cares. You just got paid one hundred thirty three million dollars. Who cares who you have issues with? Who cares who you don't get along with? Who cares that they didn't pay you last year? They paid you now. You have to perform. It's as simple as that. And I don't want to, I don't want his statistics to be lower and him blame it on. It's because I don't want to give my all to the team. And this leads me to theorize that last year when Monty Williams benched him in game seven in the second round versus the Mavericks, and he said that it was an internal thing, maybe that was because Monty Williams recognized that the Suns were getting blown out and he didn't want. DeAndre and out there and get hurt and now not get that money that he just got this offseason. So that can very well be a scenario as well. I'm kind of annoyed the Suns did match it though, because I wanted to see him in Indiana. I think Indiana's building a very young, solid young core. Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, uh, you have Chris Duarte there, Andrew Nemhard, Kendall Brown, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, DeAndre Ayton. If the Pacers would have successfully gotten DeAndre in, they would have had Tyrese, Jalen Smith, DeAndre in. Three of those players that two should still be on Phoenix with DeAndre and Jalen Smith and one in Tyrese who they should have drafted. It would have been a pretty uh, a funny thing if that were to happen, but I think it's good. As for like championship aspirations, I think the Suns are still pretenders. I, I don't view them as a, as a real threat in the West anymore. Yeah, for sure. If uh, Riv, I, I don't know, I feel like you give me that look, and I feel like you got something devious to say. But uh, I, I want to know your take because you were very high on Phoenix. Like last year, you were extremely high. Listen, I mean about the West. So I want to know like, what's your thoughts on it. You know? Yeah, no, sue me for them being the best team in the National Basketball Association Actually, for the entirety of the year, and they ended up being frauds. Listen, I'm not here going to hey, sugarcoat listen, anything. Utah, Utah did it the year before, bro, so don't feel That's like facts. That. That's facts. But Utah went. Utah didn't go to the finals last year. And you picked Utah to make the Western Conference Finals, Riff. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, don't come crazy. I saw the video yesterday. 
No, I, I, I never. I always say I, uh, I, I say it. I said it in like January or February. Or something. I know, but I'm just saying I saw the video yesterday. Yeah, of course you did. No, it just came across my feed, and I happened to tune into it for a, for a yeah, short while. A video in January across your feed, and you happened to tune into it. It's actually been happening more recently, believe it or not. People did the did, 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 did the next third seed one. Did that pop up? Did you rewatch? You know that what? One? Yeah, guys, guys, let me let me stop oh, this right here. We do this year. way too often, okay. where we bash each other's old takes. Let, come on, the show just started. Let's relax. Let's talk about DeAndre Ayton for a quick second. Joel, I I agree with you. You just got one hundred and thirty three million. The relationship right now should not be one that I'm worrying about if I'm DeAndre. And because realistically, they didn't have to match, right? They could have let me walk. But they, they really but didn't they think. Did, but I mean, my point buddy. being is, if they didn't think that he was like that, they could have just let him walk and not paid him that money. But think they about it. Let like, him walk for nothing. Put yourself in, 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 think about it. Put yourself in, in his shoes. They didn't give you an offer. They really, realistically, technically, they didn't like they matched the offer somebody else gave you. So somebody had to give you that money and they were put in a situation where like we really can't lose them because we don't get nothing. So we have to pay you. It wasn't like now nah, we want to pay this. No, we have to pay you. So it's like they didn't really want to do it. So I understand the 133. It's a lot of money. I, I understand that. This is a lot of money. But like he's in a situation where it's like they didn't really want you, bro. You kind of got it was a matched offer that they had to do. They were forced into a situation. They had to make that option. Your team felt like you deserved the money, but the front office doesn't. That's just a little funny. I mean, to uh, a degree. That, go ahead, HP. I say, but but not only that though. It kind of comes back around to what I originally said too, which is how many seven foot plus centers. Because I mean, Jokic plays center, but he's not really seven foot in my opinion. You know, how many seven foot plus centers do you know that you can really sit down and look at and say, okay, if all else fails, this guy has post moves. He can stretch the floor as far as hitting the mid range. He's going to hit his free throws and he will play the majority of the year. And that's kind of how you have to look at it sometimes, because this to me is no different than when the first uh, a few years back when uh, the cap had gotten bigger in the NBA. And a lot of people were saying, wow, Otto Porter really got paid $109 million with the Washington Wizards. It's not necessarily he maybe deserved that more so than how many six, eight guys do you know who can shoot threes and play defense? And it's kind of the same way with DeAndre Ayton. There's not that many seven footers that you can really name that does what he does, even if you see it to be underwhelming at times. The problem is, is that Phoenix's offense doesn't really involve him, which leads me to the next question I was going to have for you guys is if he underperforms throughout this four year contract, how much of it will you blame on him not getting better and uh, Monty Williams not more so involving him in the offense? I, I think for me personally, I think Monty Williams is a great coach. So if he senses that the young and is getting better. I think he will involve from the offense more. But if he does, like, I'm obviously I, is, that that question is more of like an eye test. You have to watch and see if mm-hmm. he does happen to get better. But realistically, if he doesn't make an All Star game, and it has to be like a 50-50 thing, front office and him, because sometimes players force themselves into a position like, "Yo, I'm getting better. Get me the ball." And coaches are like, "All right, now we got to give him the ball." So it's like a 50-50 thing for me. But it's also got HP. I'm sorry. But at the same time, what I look at with that still is you can say, well, I could force my way and say, well, look, I'm just getting better. Give me the ball. But at the same time, yo, you still are next to Devin Booker and Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. Bridges Bridges is a we know what Bridges is. It's tough when you have Devin Booker, who obviously is going to get majority of the offensive load. 
But then you also have CP3. Having a big three, it's tough to feed every mouth. It really is. But now that CP3, we're starting to see, so unfortunately, that his play is starting to decline. Now there's going to be more room for opportunity for DeAndre. And I do firmly believe that over these next four years, we'll start to see him incorporate a little bit more. I hope but, so. At the end of the day, Chris it's, still Paul, 17, but it's still 17 it, and 10 at the end of the day. Like we're talking down on it, but it's legit 17 and 10 a night. So if he gets if he gets one or two more possessions in the offense, that's 20 and 10 potentially already. So it's kind of like, talking. It's a difference between regular season playoffs because 17 and 10 in the regular season. Sure. If you stay if you stay 17 and 10 in the playoffs, you got to elevate a little bit. You can't go down. No way. 17 and 8. You're saying that. So I have a question then about this. If, if look, I know that DeAndre is, is a good player, but if he's really one of the few centers that are saying he can, that can do what you're saying he can do, why was there only one team that wanted to give him an offer? Because the majority of the NBA is not, the, the majority of the NBA is not built around centers today. That's true. So, for example, you look at, like, for example, think about if you took Joel Embiid and you put him with Trey Young. Most people would say, oh, well, that's going to work because that's the most dominant center next to an incredible point guard, Trey Young. But Trey Young and their offense is built around getting up and down the floor and Trey Young being able to take any shot he wants to shoot from half court. So are we going to see the same Joel Embiid next to Trey Young? Are we going to see the same Jokic next to... I don't know, just, you know, you could throw some. Would, would you see the same Jokic next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Most likely not. So I think I think that Trey Young and Embiid would work well, and I think Embiid would get better from that. And I Trae think Young, that we Trae saw Young a little Embiid bit of it this season look, with this, Harden and Embiid. Look, Trae, this, is, this is my problem. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a matter of it's not a matter of if Trey Young and Embiid would do well together. What I'm saying is, are we going to see the exact same Embiid or better? And the exact same Trey Young or better together, or is there going to be a drop off? That's what separates Steph and Clay Thompson. Steph can play off the ball, on the ball. Clay can play off the ball. So what they do best doesn't clash with each other. So they can still be at their best together, opposed to going to another team. So in saying that, DeAndre Ayton's contract, four years, one hundred thirty-three million dollars. He's getting paid thirty-three million a year, Thanks. fifth highest paid center in these next four years. Does he secure an all-star appearance? I say there's yes. a lot of good. There's a lot of good players in the NBA. And, and in the Western Conference alone, you have Nikola Jokic, you have Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. Those are three big name centers. Well, Kat, they'll, probably, they'll probably try to group AD in that also. Yeah. Well, Cat Cat is gonna probably be a four, but my thing is, he's the number one pick in the draft. Like, it, it, we have to ask this about a number one pick in the draft, mind you. Number one pick always in the lock. Yeah, but it's Andrew like, Wiggins just got an All Star starter appearance. Like, come on, bro. Like, come on. Like, and, and we took this big three stuff. Chris Paul is, is old and aging, man. He should be one of the guys that's helping Aiden get involved more in the no offense cap, too. For he sure, take the drop offensively. Like, yo, I'm just a playmaker at this point. You need me in the fourth, like what Steve Nash used to do. Only it's tough, though. Four, four. It's that's not tough, tough, though. They're just making it. I don't understand the problem. But you, it's if CP3 wasn't CP3, like he's aged pretty well. Yeah, his offensive game has been pretty consistent. This was the first year, and yes, last year obviously he got hurt and it impacted his play, but for sure. But this was the first time we really saw CP3 look his age. So what? What's your answer, Drew? Does he make an All Star game? 
I'm going to go on a limb and say no. I don't think so. I just think there's too much talent in the Western Conference right now. I'll say yes. Four years, yeah. Yeah. I think I think that we were – I think that at first I was thinking of it from the perspective of next year, but it's like in four years, do I expect for all of these centers to be the exact same? I expect you can – More healthy. Still do it. What's, yeah. What's benefiting Aiton is he's going to play every game all year. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Jokic will be there, obviously. Jokic will be there. We don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Davis, you know, so there's that. But then – LOL. Do I think do I <laughs> do I think Carl and Gobert are gonna both be all stars? And I think that Aiden will get at least one of them out of the next four. Especially if they continue to be one of the top teams in the West. They'll be a great regular season team, no doubt in my mind. They'll be that in the regular season. I their their system is built for regular season basketball. So he's gonna have the record. He just has to put the numbers. It's Back. just the playoffs. <laughs> you know, see how that goes. I mentioned earlier, I don't think DeAndre Ann got overpaid. Uh, the Knicks just had a pretty glorious offseason by signing one of the top players in the market in Jalen Brunson. People talk about him being overpaid. Uh, and if, you know, I think that's ridiculous <laughs> for people to say that personally. But, glorious. Yo, I'm Knicks. crying. Yo, you thought, you, no, no, no. You, not, that's, you, get, you said that too loosely. Too loosely. Or is it, was it wrong? Was it wrong? I don't know if I'm calling Jalen Brunson. That free agent signing ultimately a, a glorious yeah, twenty eight points per game in the first round. Listen, I'm glorious, not slant. Glorious, <laughs> low strong, low strong, just a little bit. It's a good signing, but glorious is crazy. Glory. I'm with, I'm with Riv. I'm with Riv. In the midst of all the Knicks stuff going on, the big thing happening right now is that we are front runners to land Dotted and Mitchell. Now, the question for this topic was going to be: Does this make us a playoff lock? And I have a lot of things to say on this topic, so I'll just go first, and then we'll go back to the original scheduled programming of the order that we go in. This is pretty simple for me, but before I give my answer, you guys may know what it is. Let me just talk about the Knicks. Leon Rose's mission from the start was to be in this position, in this exact situation. When he first came to New York two years ago from CAA, his targets were Devin Booker, Cat and Donovan Mitchell. The Timberwolves became good. The Suns became contenders. And Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz, they're imploding. So now Donovan Mitchell is available. Considering the trade package for Mitchell is going to be Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, Deuce McBride, Cam Reddish, Quinn Grimes, a combination of those young players, and maybe four to six first-round picks, that's a hefty price. But for Donovan Mitchell, you pay that 100%. When I talked about Mitchell earlier in the season, I said he plateaued. Do I still believe in that? 100%. I don't know how much better Donovan Mitchell is getting from this point. I don't know that. But I was low on the, on Mitchell coming to New York because I was under the belief we would have to give up star Jay Barrett for him. But that's not the case. I was under the belief he would maybe have to involve Julius Randle in a trade package. You're telling me the Knicks can have a starting lineup of Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson, and then have a bench of Derrick Rose. He didn't go anywhere. He's still here. Derrick Rose is still here. I want to keep Quentin Grimes. Isaiah Hartenstein, who is arguably the best backup big in the entire league. That's a solid eight-man rotation. Donovan Mitchell is a 25-year-old three-time All-Star, 
who averaged 25 this past season, basically four, four rebounds, five assists per game, efficiency off the charts, career high in PER. And outside of this past season, he shot 40% on catch and shoot threes his entire career. So he can play off the ball too. He's better on ball, but he in those catch and shoot situations, he'll be more than fine. He's a proven playoff performer. He He's right now currently seventh all time in points per game in the playoffs. He's had two playoff runs where he's averaged 30 plus points per game and if you take out this past playoff run versus the Jazz, and we, we we go look at the bubble one and the one uh this the season previous to this one, in a 17 game sample size, he averaged 34, four rebounds, five assists, 48 percent from the field, 46 percent from three, 29.5 per, which is superstar level, and in the playoffs with Mitchell, the Jazz's offensive rating was 124. Without, it's 112. Opponents outscored the Jazz by eight points when he was on the when he was off the floor. They outscored opponents by five when Mitchell was on. So all this talk about Mitchell's defense, oh, the backcourt is going to be food. Two six one point guards. Let me remind you, the Jazz's backcourt was two six one guards in Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, I can guarantee is going to be better with the Knicks going forward from 25 and over than he was in a stint with Utah. I can guarantee Jalen Brunson is better than Mike Conley. I can guarantee RJ Barrett is better than any wing defender the Jazz had. I can tell you Julius Randle's getting back to being energetic on the defensive side of the ball, being more efficient. And Mitchell Robinson, he's not Rudy Gobert, but he is a great defender in his own right and a great lob threat. At the end of the day, even with the Knicks defense being quote-unquote poor, even though we were 11th in defense rating this past season, with a with a backcourt of Fournier and Kemba and Fournier and Burks, teams still have to outscore us on offense. An offense of Brunson, Mitchell, RJ, Julius, and Mitch is a top five, is a top 10 offense in the NBA. And our defense isn't going to be as bad as everybody likes to make it sound. Let, let me just let me just give you guys these numbers. Teams with the bottom 20 defensive rating that made the playoffs this past season, three of them, Nets, Hawks, and Bulls. Teams with the bottom 20 offensive rating to make the playoffs this season, none. Offense matters more than defense. The Knicks won't be this horrid defensive team and we will be significantly better on offense, a top 10 offense. Mitchell has led top three offenses in Utah routinely. They were just the best offense this past season. Are the Knicks a playoff lock? Absolutely. Already better than the top teams like the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers? No. Miami, who knows? A drop-off might be steeper than we think. Are we better than the Bulls? Absolutely. Are we better than Atlanta? 100%. Are we better than the Toronto Raptors? Without a doubt. Jesus Christ. The Knicks <laughs> are back. And when we get Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> I want to hear the tune you guys start to sing. Because, Riff, Donovan Mitchell's been your guy. Cam Reddish is your guy. All of a sudden, they become New York Knicks. You become a traitor. Treason. I don't like it. 
I don't like it. Mitchell to the Knicks. It's happening. You better Please. you better brace for it. Brace for the impact. Voice Wait, before you go. Voice Wait, before you go, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you stretch. I'm gonna let you loosen up. All I'm gonna say is, you said the Nets, you said the Hawks, you said the Bulls. They want to combine two games in the playoffs. Yeah. Gad Riff. <laughs> oh my God. So for starters, big Donovan Mitchell guy. You know, I'm the biggest Donovan Mitchell guy on the show. You know, oh, for sure. You might be the biggest Donovan Mitchell guy on the planet. Anymore. I've watched his career since Louisville. Great player, great player. Um defensive best. Word. Um if you guys get Donovan Mitchell, obviously it makes you guys way more competitive than what you were before. You know, it definitely puts you guys up in that, you know, in that stratosphere of playoff teams. Playoff lock? It's tough. Because you just named you you pretty much just named the tier of teams you will be in with. You will be in with the Hawks. You will be in with the Bulls. You will be in with Toronto. That's the tier of teams. You're not, you said Miami, they're better than y'all. But um that that tier of teams. That's the four. The, the, the locks, I think we all agree, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, the Bucks, um, Oh, Philly, pardon me, Philly. Those are the four. So the next group is the Hawks, the Knicks. If they get Donovan Mitchell, they got to actually get the guy. If they get Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, Toronto, and then Chicago. So those are the next group of guys. Um, you mentioned Cavaliers. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cavaliers. But, I was you know, just about to bring them up, but I was going for my turn. Yeah, Cavaliers cool too, but um, the Knicks have a lot of youth that they can trade. You guys have a lot of young talent. You guys have one of the deepest young talent teams in the league. Um, this spiel on you, you, you threw a lot of numbers. You threw a lot of fancy, kinky, cute little analytic numbers. They were they were really dope. You didn't mention in the bubble, Donovan Mitchell blew a three-one lead. You just failed to mention that. You kind of forgot about Bro. it. You 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 bypassed Utah. Yeah, two fifty point games. Was it his fault? Was it his fault, Riv? Was it his fault? I let you talk. I let me go. Right, I want to know. Was it his fault? Answer that question. Yes or no? You blow a three one lead. It's everybody's fault. Let's just be honest. Boyan Bogdanovich did not play, and they were up three one. Come on! All you had to do was win one game. You had two fifty point games in that series. You blow I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Everybody's fault. Joel, how, how are you defending a, a blown three one lead? It's impossible. It's impossible. Huh? He gets maybe he gets twenty percent blame, but he gets blame. He undoubtedly gets blame. You blow a three one lead, it's the whole team's fault. You didn't want to mention Dallas versus Utah because you forgot that Jalen Brunson got his contract because he was cooking Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> that was one of the guys he was absolutely playing. and Conley. Yeah, but both of them, backcourt, 6-1, those two guys, cooking both of them religiously. You didn't want to mention that series also because Donovan Mitchell was a complete cone, and he also didn't play well on the offensive end because Dorian Finney-Smith had him in hell. You didn't want to mention that. But I will say Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, that's a good starting five, good lineup. Mitch Robinson, he gets hurt a lot. You didn't mention that, but we're not going to – we're going to let you sleep and off. All of he mentioned was how great of a defender he was, lopped right. mentioned, not a mention – you mentioned D Rose; he gets hurt a lot too. You mentioned two guys: Mitchell that- Robinson. Mitchell Robinson played seventy-two games this past season. Next, that's what. Ah. <laughs> I, I didn't know he played seventy-two games. Oh man! I, I, Keep I, going! I, Keep going! But um, playoff lock. That's that's tough because I like Toronto as a team. I like us as a team. I like the Hawks as a team. I I wouldn't necessarily say y'all are a lock. I can't say that. But I can definitely say you will make the playoffs. But a lock is in terms of being the top six seed. I can't necessarily call you on that right now. Um, you said how you're not worried about 
the 6161 backcourt, but I have to be completely honest. I don't like it not one bit. Not one bit. I get it. They're a a strong duo when it comes to scoring the basketball. Donovan Mitchell is one of the the better scorers in the league. Jalen Brunson, up and coming scorer in this league. I just don't see how defensively this is beneficial to your guys' squad. 100%, I agree. This is an offensive league, for sure, in the regular season, which is why there's a possibility you guys will make the playoffs. I don't disagree with that statement. However, come playoff time, right, let's say it's the playing game and you guys aren't the playoff lock because that's one through six. But now you're in that seven to ten category and you're facing the Cavaliers maybe. You're facing an Atlanta Hawks. I don't know. Atlanta Hawks, maybe, but DeJounte Murray might change the landscape of their defense. Who knows? I worry about that 6-1 tandem. I feel like that's a fair statement to make. Donovan Mitchell is an amazing ball player, but Riv just rattled off a series of events that Donovan Mitchell was not beneficial in. His offensive game, you can't deny it, but the lack of size and his inability to play defense at a high level He's an offensive con- Is a concern. Now we've spoken, and we're going to speak about later about the top ten, top ten young cores. You're, you're, yes, you have RJ, who's the most important piece, and you don't want to lose RJ, but you lose Grimes. Is there really you're losing OB, who we, you and I have spoken about potentially coming in to take Julius Randall's spot? I would be more open to getting rid of Randall and trying to get OB in there to continue his developmental process. I just don't know if it's worth giving up the six picks, giving up that young core for a guard who is the same size as the guard you just signed in free agency. That's my concern. Man. <laughs> so I just, I, I, this is what I did when I, when I heard about this and like, is, are they a lock? Like, and, and y'all kind of talked about, but I just want to really look over it again. We already have the lock. It's Heat, Celtics, Bulls, and the Sixers. We're, we're all in agreement on that. Heat, Celtics. Bucks, Bucks not the Bucks. Bucks. Mm-hmm. Hell no. The Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers are locked for top four. Mm-hmm. Raptors, is it guaranteed that the Knicks are going to be better than the Raptors with yes. Scotty Barnes coming back another no. year and being better? Come with on. O, with no. o, talking o, about the Raptors with here. Pascal Siakam being there. Raptors for a fifth seed. Who's Fred better, Donovan Mitchell or Pascal Siakam? After that, who's a better? Let's do it. Do you really want to break down the yeah. roster? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Who's better? Who's, 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 who's better, Jalen Brunson or Fred Van Fleet? It's the Fred. same. It's literally the same. It's the same. Oh, okay. All right. Same We're talking about the same one that was hitting big shots on Curry and Clay and KD to win a championship. And, and Brunson was hitting big shots on, on Curry and Clay in, when they faced him in the conference finals. In the championship. It was a five game in the series. championship. Talk about big shots. Yeah, average 18. Fred Van Vliet was a bench player. Fred Van Vliet was a bench player. What about this past season? Fred blowouts. Van Vliet versus the, versus the Sixers. He, he he didn't even show up. He was hurt. He was hurt. He was yeah, hurt. Donovan Mitchell on a bad ankle averaged 30 on the Clippers. Next. That's Donovan Let's go. Mitchell. Next. Let, let's, next we're go. talking about Jalen Brunson. Let's go. Next. Let's go. Next. Let's go. Let's go. Let, primetime players perform while hurt. Next. Let's go. Joel, you can, you can talk with a lot of confidence. That's fine. Who is it really like? I'm not feeling that. RJ Baird or Fred VanVleet? It's RJ. RJ Baird or Scotty Barnes? It's RJ. <laughs> Julius Randle is better than everybody outside of Siakam on that team. Joel, yo, we gotta stop tough. talking like Julius Randle's a scrub. He's not a scrub. He's a guy who's been averaging 19 to 24 points per game in the last four seasons of his career. Let's not oh, act like Julius Randle's some scrub. But are you talking confidently about Julius Randle off of 
the 2021 season or are you talking about off of this past season? I'm talking confidently in his, about him in totality. Yeah, you see, you, you, you see breaking up. You see yourself That's breaking up. You see yourself now he up. Had, now he has help. He didn't have help last year. Like Drew, you want to mention so, Nick's Joel, Nick. Joel, 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 time out, time out. Let, let me, let me just make sure before you finish your statement, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to go and let you know. Okay. Cause I'm not sure if you're aware of it. Julius Randall does not need help. Julius Randall is the help. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's just, okay, let's just yeah, make sure. I love, I love keep, that statement. We, we, we keep this like I love that statement. Yeah, that's valid. He doesn't need the help. He is the help. Mitchell's a superstar if we get him. He's the guy. Facts. RJ is the two. Randall's the three. Brunson's the four. So you paid Brunson to be a fourth. <laughs> you paid Lonzo to be a fourth. Who cares? Let's move on. But then Lonzo get paid like 90 million or something? He got paid 20 million a year. For how many years? To get hurt. Brunson got paid more than him. He got paid. Brunson's contract goes down every year. By the last year of his contract, he's going to be getting paid 23 million a year. But let's but, but, but let's but let's also look at from this perspective as well with Lonzo and the Brunson thing. Lonzo's value is way more important than Brunson's is because at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, Brunson is still a six foot six one shooting guard, point guard, whatever you want to call him. He is going to score the basketball in a good situation because he was next to Luca, so he didn't have to run the point guard as much. Whereas Lonzo is really six seven. He's a pass first type of point guard, and he does guard multiple positions. So he can play on the ball and off the ball offensively because he's worked on his shot. And defensively, we already know what he can do. So even if Lonzo did get paid, Lonzo is worth more than Jalen, even if Jalen is is putting up 28 points a game or whatever the numbers are. My thing is Boom. To, to, to go back to the to the the. Yeah, I, I think that the Cavaliers are going to for sure be in the playoffs this upcoming year. Yeah, I, I like that. So so I'm looking at. Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Raptors, and the Cavs. And then from there, we're talking about the Bulls, who could be back just if they're healthy. If they're just healthy, they're gonna be they're gonna be back because they were a good team this past year. So now we're talking about the Nets, the Hawks, or possibly the Knicks. And if the Nets stay together, then I expect them to at least get into the playoffs. Because yeah, exactly. if you, because if you want to talk about scoring, there's nobody on this earth for real that is going to score the ball on the level of Kyrie or Kevin Durant, regardless of what happened to them in the Eastern Conference play uh, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So if we want to get into a scoring match, Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson are not going to outscore them. And then we're going to talk about yes, they're both six foot six one point guards. If you can't outscore Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, then we already know you're not going to outscore other teams at a high level because that right there showed us small guards together are not going to work long-term. And those are some of the most incredible scores that are in the NBA in Dame and CJ McCollum. And we just have to simply talk about the idea of, is it going to mix together? Is it really going to mix together? Because we saw Julius Randle have a lot of temper tantrums being thrown throughout the playoffs when he, or not during the playoffs, but the regular season when he was doing the fans. Right, throughout the regular season where, you know, he wasn't getting his calls, he wasn't getting shots, he started forcing the issue more. He started looking as he started looking as if, yo, I'm the superstar of this team and I'm supposed to be taking these shots and making these shots. And like I said before, he's not the person who needs help. He is the help. So when you put that and then you put Donovan Mitchell and then you put Jalen Brunson, are we going to get the same Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell that we saw in these past seasons together along with Julius Randle? No. And I know you talked about how they didn't play great. Or um, you said with the Jazz, you said that Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell didn't get outscored that much. Yo, I know you want to say that, like, you know, they had Rudy Gobert, but 
people regard Rudy Gobert as the best center in the NBA. Defensively. 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 Hell no, nothing nothing else other than defense. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else but defense. But we can't pretend like having an incredible defensive acre like that in your in your front court does not get rid of a lot of blemishes now is Mitchell Robinson a solid center sure but he's not on the level of Rudy Gobert Gobert not even in the slightest he's not an elite defender he's a great one though but an elite defender is what kept two six one point guards from getting outscored by 40 so a great one is going to get outscored by how much I don't know I really don't know because I'll give you the answer enough for them to not be a lock. What you also fail to mention is that the, we have better perimeter defenders than the jazz. RJ Barrett is a better defender. He has more size than Royce O'Neal. Julius I Randall. I can count on being a better defender than Boyan Bogdanovich. That's a fact. Julius mm-hmm. Randall is an all in, in his all NBA season was a great defender because he showcased passion on that side. Julius Randall had to be the guy in the all NBA season. This past season, he tried to repeat that season, but we know he's not that guy. Now he is going to be relegated into a role that's going to make him more efficient. It's going to give him pick and roll partners in Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell to get easier shots, to get open shots. We talk about the the, the guard thing. You, You mentioned Portland. Well, yeah, a team like that won't succeed because their starting forwards were Maurice Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu. No one's succeeding like that. With the Knicks, R.J. Baird and Julius Randle significant upgrade over those two over those two forwards. But now let, let me let, let me just step back a couple real quick to just ask you this question because I want to loop back around now for you because now you start talking about defense. So is it defense or offense that's going to save y'all? It's going to be both. You know, I don't I don't <laughs> think. You know, this is the thing. This is the thing is because let me ask you guys this question: roundtable question. Was the Knicks defense bad last season? No. It wasn't horrible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. Okay, last season we were sixth in opponents' points per game, and we were eleventh in defensive rating. Could I could I ask you a quick question, a rebuttal question? Yeah. Was Donovan Mitchell statistically one of the worst defending guards in the league? One hundred percent. I'm not denying that. Okay. But okay. the okay. is Evan Fournier not one of the worst defenders at his position in the league? He's also six eight. He's six seven. Oh my God! He, he's not Come a good on. defender. He's not a good defender. Yeah, but but, but it's, it's it's not a matter of whether or not you're a good defender or not. It's still the fact of when you just have length, then that, that 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 gets okay that gets rid of a lot but of. It things. doesn't it doesn't matter because he's still not a good defender. What about Kemba Walker? Is he a good defender? He's the same no. size as Donovan. Our, our, defense, our defense was good because Tom Thibodeau was a great defensive coach and because Mitchell Robinson playing 72 games was able to anchor one of the better defenses in the NBA. But last year, we were 26 in points per game. We were 22nd in offensive rating. We are adding Jalen Brunson, who's a 16 to 20 point per game score, and Donovan Mitchell, who is an offensive juggernaut. Our offense will be top 10. Our defense will be no less than, than, than top 15. I find, the word, I, I, find, I find it incredible how you're talking about an uh, offensive juggernaut being with Tom Thibodeau when he really doesn't let anybody actually be the offensive juggernaut they were with their past teams. He let Derrick Rose be it. Mm. Who, wait, what, what position was Tom Thibodeau ever in that he Zach didn't Levine let the whole player? Zach Levine looked the Zach whole Zach Levine was a young pup. They traded for Jimmy Butler. And, and, so and, as, and, and as soon as he got over to Chicago, then what did he become? 
in the next year. He became better, but he didn't become a, an all-star right away. But but he was getting he bucks, was great. Right? great. He yes, was really good. We're, ta- we're talking about Tom Thibodeau, coach, who traded Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Let me okay. ask you a question. Jimmy Brown Butler question. was great offensively in Minnesota. Jimmy Butler knows how to get his bucks because he was with him in Chicago like Derrick Rose. That's totally And who, who developed Jimmy Butler in Chicago? Who? Who was the coach? Do you think he developed Jimmy Butler? Do <laughs> <laughs> you think he developed Jimmy Butler? Come on. We're discrediting Tom Thibodeau now? Nah, I'm going to give Tom some credit so for that, the, HP. This, you got it. What's, okay. what's the ceiling for this team? Fifth seed. Listen, I think I think we're gonna be the fifth, sixth seed. No, no, I don't. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about the regular season. I don't care about the regular season. What's second round spinning? exit. Second, second round. round. Yeah, second round exit. Their first it, round exit to me. Wait, wait. Because if you're a fifth seed, that means you're playing one of the top four dogs. You think you can beat one of them right now with Donovan? You get. Donovan. You can beat Miami. Yep. What Miami's gonna be a top three? Like they're Miami weird. was a the game away from the finals. Like why? Why are you glossing? I'm over just Miami? saying like, our ceiling is a second round exit. I think we can get to the second round with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell has proven before when he gets hot, he can he can win a playoff series, bro. He, All right, he got blew. hot and blew a three one lead. He it's got simple. hot and beat three Hall of Famers: Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Paul George like as a rookie. Seven Stop years it. ago, Stop bro. It. Stop Joel, it. Joel, it's as simple as this. It's as simple as this. In the first round, you play Milwaukee, you play the Heat, you play the Celtics, you play the Sixers. It's beans. And that's it's beans. A, that, making the playoffs, and that's still a win for us. Understand that. That's <laughs> still a stop? win for us. Can we that's still a win like, for us? God, it's is it not? That is that is a win. That is a win. Y'all are just you are there. Y'all, y'all be fighting. Y'all will be fighting for your lives to get the, into the playoffs. The first y'all were there two the years ago. Like, why is the making the playoffs an accomplishment Drew, for y'all? Drew, we were there two years ago. Off no. of, nobody expected us there. It was an accomplishment for y'all would be winning the playoff series. That second round exit that you're talking about. I think that's the accomplishment. I think we can do it. Okay, but that, do I don't want to hear that it's an accomplishment making the playoffs. No, it, it is an accomplishment to make the playoffs. Come on, bro. It has to be. Hey, Drew, 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 Joe, I got a question. If the Lakers make the playoffs this season, is it an accomplishment? No, it's not. Because he no. has LeBron. Different. You don't have LeBron. It's completely I, different. I'm just saying. So LeBron mi- and AD. And so miss, so going from missing the playoffs to just making is not an accomplishment. I'm not talking about how far you're going to go. Just get into the dance. It's all about getting to the dance. Come on, bro. You got to get to the dance to salsa. You got to. No, I, uh, I I agree. I think when you miss the playoffs, the first thing is you got to get competitive again. So th- their Did job right now is to get competitive. Compet- co- being competitive is just you got to get to the playoffs. So Riv, Riv, hear me out. They were there in 20, 2020. Fraud correct. Fraud. They were there in 2020. Fraud. Fraud year. Fraud year. My point being exactly, you, met, you, you were supposed to be better this past season. You were not. Not by any means. So now we're supposed to give you the benefit of the doubt because you completely underachieved. Is Drew, that what you're supposed to do? Making the playoffs Drew. one time and then missing it doesn't. It, it's that's not you. To Drew. be competitive, you were the third it. seed. No, we were the fourth. Fourth. I apologize. You and were the they, fourth they, seed. They jumped into the. They didn't make the playoffs. Drew, I got. Good. I got a question for you. The Raptors didn't make the playoffs two seasons ago when, when they, they could the not play at home. Okay. Yeah. 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 Was not, Which is was, a huge deal. Was them not making the playoffs this year a successful season for them, although they lost in the first round? I wouldn't say it was a successful season. I think it was. Was it not? Was it not? No. For the Raptors? They, they, top four the playoffs? Pick, they go to the playoffs? And that's they were a top four pick because they did not have one home game. 
They were top four pick because oh. they got lucky in the lottery and they, they got up to that well, pick. That also, but at the same so time, they were not a great basketball a team. Pick, going from a lottery pick to the playoffs is success, bro. Not every they team were, is gonna think automatically. If you don't have a championship team, you're not going to automatically think championship. Why, you can't gloss not. over the fact they weren't playing at home. Canada is no, one of I, the no, most. I, I, I'm not glossing over that, but that that happened. It, it ha- I can't sit here and not ignore it. But okay, it, happened. Fine, it happened, but then we can also acknowledge the fact that they weren't playing at home. It's a huge reason why they have success. It, it, are we surprised that they weren't successful when they weren't playing at home? It's still a successful. That's all I'm saying. Nonetheless, that's all I'm saying. Getting back to the playoffs and being competitive with a superstar in Donovan Mitchell, an up and coming rising star in RJ, an All NBA player in Julius Randle. One of the best. Keep going. You're just putting the nail in the coffin on why. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's successful. Oh, Joel. Donovan Mitchell's a superstar? There we go. So Donovan Mitchell's a superstar. Julius Randle's All-NBA. RJ is a potential superstar. Why is an accomplishment to make the playoffs and lose in the first round? Because the East is super tough. This is the first time I'm hearing about Donovan Mitchell being a superstar. Donovan Mitchell's an offensive superstar for sure, yeah. Oh, okay, you added off. An offensive superstar? Yeah, he is. You don't think so? Uh, Okay, all right. It's just moving the needle. It's a fact. It's 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 almost like hearing when people start saying like Paul so George Go Bears are superstar two way player. It's like Go Bears are superstar. Who? Rudy Go Bears? Defensively, defensively, yes. What the hell? What the hell are we doing here? What are we That's doing? He's a defensive superstar. Can we we're stop? Not going, we're, we're wait, not wait, is Rudy Go Bears not a defensive superstar? Bro, I'm tired. I am tired of this, bro. He's a defensive superstar. Hold on, hold on. Bro, if you're not a top, he's not a, Rudy Gobert's not a top 15 player in the NBA. Don't put superstar next to his name. If you're not a top 15 player, you're not a superstar. That's what you're saying. Pretty much. Mitchell is a top 15 player. He's a defensive specialist. He's an offensive specialist. That's the difference. I don't know. Because Booker's like 13th on that list. He's better than Donovan Mitchell. But the gap between Booker and Mitchell is like pretty close, though. It's not, it's not far off. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't look at top fifteen as being superstar. I believe that. Su- I believe superstar is really like five to seven. Like I. I think you're you're too harsh, Drew. Look, what I, did that? Hey, but look, that that that's just how I rock out. So Tatum's I'm, not a superstar. I think Tatum's a superstar, but I think Tatum's I mean, top Tatum's five, like top seven. seven. Oh, I think he's top okay. five, top seven. I'm with you. So I'm you that's why or Jason Tatum. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me let me think about this. Hold on. What? Let me really go back and look. Hold on, Giannis. In no order, Giannis, Steph, LeBron. Brother, I'll tell you that. Giannis, <laughs> Steph, LeBron. Luka. Could be seven. Tatum could be seven. Come on, bro. I, I don't Luka. know if I throw Luca up there yet. Luka. Nah, I would throw Luca. Luca. I, I, I don't think I throw Luca up there yet. Hold on. Nah, lock. It's a lock. In in no order, right? Giannis, Steph, LeBron, Steph, LeBron, Katie. Jokic, Jokic. I'm gonna throw Jokic up there. KD, KD, Embiid. You gotta put Embiid up there. I'll throw Embiid in there. Luca, and then, Tatum. Yeah, and then and then oh, from yeah, there yeah, I would yeah. and then I would start looking at Tatum. I would start looking at Tatum like I'll, I, I'll look. I'm looking at Luca before I look at Tatum. Personally, for me, I'll go with Tatum before Luca. I know people are like really big on the Luca train, and that's cool. But like, I'm I'm not there for Luca yet. I'm not amazing. Luca's amazing. Tatum has a two way ability. Drew, what was one of your Drew? What was one of your main points when you talked about this move for the Knicks? Um, them both being six one. That was your main point. Correct. You look so. You looked something up just now. No, I didn't. I just, I just knew I had a rebuttal to what Drew said, but I forgot 
It was like a sentence of what he said. Look, I'm not worried about them both being 6-1 because we're going to have one of the better offenses if Mitchell comes. Uh, defensively, we'll be just fine. It's it's People are overblowing it a bit too much. And yeah, if Conley and Mitchell can be the first seed in the West, being two 6-1 guards, I think the Knicks can be a playoff lock. With okay, okay, okay. You have to stop saying that. I, I'm, this is why you have to stop saying that. Utah was not only one of the best offenses in the league, they were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, and they had literally, if you go look at statistics, a generational defender in Rudy Gobert. You don't have that. You don't. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's good. He's cool. You don't have that. You don't have Rudy Gobert. You, you just, you don't. And you have I have a top it. 15 defense though, still, even if Mitchell you, you do, but if you don't have, they had, they had, they were like a number, they were like a top three offense for like four years in a row, being a top four shooting team. Mitchell. Because of Mitchell. Because of Mitchell. Boyan and no. Boyan. Joe Ingle, I, I mean, Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson, like, what's up? Royce O'Neal don't shoot good? What, what are we doing? Derek Rose is better than Jordan Clarkson. What? They're the same. Not year. at this point in time. They're the same. Yeah, you're right, Riff. And I think Derek Rose got more IQ. Fair. Okay, I can give you that. You tie better players, players are naming like RJ's better than Bogdanovich, bro. It's not about, but you, you keep, I'm trying to say these players are better. It's I'm with you. They were I'm with shooting, you, Joel. They were a three point shooting machine. We have like, more. We have better offensive players than them. We don't have this the floor spacers. Yeah, but batters. Brunson and Mitchell are going to open up driving lanes for RJ Barrett. Randall's going to get. He's not going to get the double teams anymore. He's going to be more efficient. But Mitchell Robinson is going to be a great lob threat. Like. Julius oh, Randle has shot thirty six. Who's him the lobs? What, what? Donovan Mitchell? What? Jalen Brunson? To say uh, Donovan Mitchell wasn't even throwing lobs to Rudy Gobert. Yes, he was, bro. Listen, that's a false narrative. People gotta stop. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were one of the better pick and roll pairing statistically in the NBA. Didn't you tell me that that Donovan Mitchell averaged like two, three passes to Rudy Gobert that, a game? That was, that was a trend going on on Twitter, but Donovan Mitchell. Statistically, him and Gobert are one of the better pick and roll duos in the NBA. Statistically, that's what I'm it is. Just going off what you're telling me in terms of what Donovan Mitchell scoring off of his pick and rolling, or now the points they the points they generate per pick when, when they, 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 they generate. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I don't know it for a fact, but I can guess. Mitchell are you telling me Mitchell can't pass? Mitchell is a good passer. He's a plus passer. He's a decent passer. He's, he's not right. a decent he's one. A, he's a plus passer. He's not just he's all right. Okay. He's a good passer. Is he great? But he's a good passer. He's, he's a decent okay, passer. Just, yo, he can he's make, a decent he can make passer. cross score passes. He can make skip passes. He can throw lobs. He, he's a bro, decent he, passer. He can, he can make almost every pass. Nothing he's wrong with being like a Mitchell, decent passer. Not make every pass. What have you been watching? Mitchell Mitchell struggles when taller defenders trap him, but in yeah, those situations, six one. Yeah, in the situations where he's in a pick and roll, he makes great, phenomenal passes in that. He's a okay bear. With go and and this is the thing. Mitchell Robinson can catch the same type of passes, bro. Look, driving lanes only are there when you have shooters. So yes, I will I will give it to you that yeah, is Jalen Brunson or you know RJ or these people are they better than Royce O'Neal and all that kind of stuff? Sure, as basketball players, they're better. But does that system fit? You're thinking that that there's going to be passing lanes in New York when there's nobody over there who are just knockdown shooters like it was with Utah. So those lob threats can't be there if they know that they can help off of RJ if he's cons- if he's inconsistent in shooting the three. So if if they know that you know who, whoever is out there, Derrick Rose is out there shooting threes, they know that they'll live with that before they decide to give up the lob. But with Utah, they had like you said a generational talent defensively in Rudy Gobert, and everybody on the floor could shoot. 
So that means nobody could help. So that gave the spacing for Donovan Mitchell, for Mike Conley, and all these other people to get down there for the lobs to be there, so on and so forth. So I don't understand how in a year's time, the conversation around Donovan Mitchell has completely changed to the point for you. he's getting disrespected. He's you literally disrespected. He's that's not getting disrespected. He's a great player, but to say he's going with the Knicks is going to make him a lock for the playoffs. That's just a little wild right no, now. No, it's not. When he's taking the Jazz to the playoffs every single year, and as a rookie, when they weren't projected to go to the playoffs, he led them to the playoffs. With Rudy Gobert. Nobody was picking the Jazz to make the playoffs because they had Rudy Gobert when Mitchell was a rookie. Joel, because oh wait, wait, no, wait, stop no, this. No, wait, wait, with wait, a wait, good wait. team. They had a good oh, team. Oops, hold on. Hold, hold. Hey, 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 I'm, I'm going to pass you the ball. I'm passing you the ball. Don't even worry about it. Go and work out. Because we had a segment about who's more important to the team, Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell. And you said Rudy Gobert was more important. Defensively. Get, get, so don't, act, don't act like this wasn't the Donovan and Rudy show. Don't do that now that he's Eesh. leaving the team. Don't do Rev, that. And, you're and lying on my name. I, I have another question. Didn't you say Donovan Mitchell was going to perform better in New York than Utah? Did you just say that before during your monologue? Yeah, I did. So, like, perform better as in he's going to get better? Or because you already said he plateaued. Yeah, or, he's going to get better. He's going to get better. But you said he plateaued. So which one is it now? Is he now going to perform better? I think, because I think the statistics. Look, I think Donovan Mitchell, there's room for improvement as a player. But mm-hmm. in the general consensus, and in my opinion, in terms of what I mean when I when he plateaued, we view him as a top 15-ish player. I think he's going to teeter around that until the end of his prime, pretty much. I don't think he's ever going to make a significant jump to where he's a top 10 player or where we view him as a real legit number one option on a championship team. I think Mitchell is the second option on a championship team. That's what I mean by plateaued. But he's 25 years old. His career high has been 26 points per game. I think in New York, he averages better numbers than he did in Utah, 100%. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Okay, I just have to say something really, really quick because it's more important than everything else. Jason Tatum can't be top seven. I just realized Kawhi Leonard's not in there. I'm sorry, no, no. Yeah, I yeah. know. You were tripping. Yeah. My bad, my bad. That, that, that's more important than anything. I'm sorry, Kawhi Leonard, if you're out there and you ever listen to this. Yo, I'm sorry. I forgot about you. You, you wouldn't consider Tatum over Kawhi? <laughs> Mm. at this point in time at this point in time you wouldn't consider it consider no at this point in time no what we just seen no we shouldn't consider it no after we just seen where he just made the the finals you're right look 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 me in my face okay (laughs) no all right no if that's what you believe no it's it's okay drew they're being disrespectful to two players from the 2017 draft class tatum and donovan mitchell hey look Jason Tatum, at the end of the day, he's winning. He's 6'8", light skin, curly hair. 6'10". Caroline, Caroline isn't leaving him ever. So, like, he's winning, but come on, bro. Come on. Kawhi's coming back. So, he's eight. he's eight or nine? Sure, sure, sure. For, for sure, for okay. sure. Jimmy Butler or Tatum? So, he's a superstar? Yeah, I would throw him in there. All right, so my Jimmy. that's my, that's exactly. So, is Jimmy Butler a superstar? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm crying. So eight guys. That's who you're giving. Eight guys, superstars. Bro, I I just don't throw it around. I don't throw it around like that. Like to me, just I think like, Jimmy Jimmy's got to be a superstar. For me, I don't throw it around like that. I because the way I look at superstars is 
it's not just about your points. It's about the plays you make. It's about you leading your team. You're winning at a high level. Um, it's Jimmy Butler was a game away from the NBA Finals. Yeah. Yeah, but to me, it's 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 different. You got you got to get to the finals. There's a lot of things that play into it for me. Well, I don't want to say you have to get to the finals because Joel Embiid hasn't got to the finals in years. Jokic, he hasn't got past the second round. Like if you said if you told me that Trey Young wasn't a superstar, and you're using this logic, fine, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler went to an NBA Finals and he was a game away from going to his second. Do you believe? Do you, do you do you count the bubble honestly? Because I've seen some of y'all stories talk. Because I think was it was it Joel? Joel think that the bubble was trash. <laughs> I, what I tweeted today? Yeah, did I see that from you? Oh yeah, it's a joke. I don't know why people take it so seriously. Okay, I was gonna say because you're talking about Donovan Mitchell's fifty balls, and I'm like, yo, that was in the bubble, but you know, the okay. they, cele- they celebrated a championship with nobody there. Does yeah, it I, can, really I, I mean, we. We, we, we can hear the ball bounce. Like, we can hear their shoes squeaking. Does so. it really count? Like, come on. Yeah, I know how I feel about this. There's a pandemic. Like, y'all. Irresponsible. Shut down the season. That bubble Play next. Run it back next year. It was ass. Irresponsible. Uh, a, former, a former top player in a league in Russell Westbrook recently fired his longtime agent of 14 years, Thad Foucher. And they split over very considerable differences. Basically means they disagree totally on important issues. And his agent released a lengthy statement. And some of the more important stuff in the statement that he said is that he believes Russell Westbrook's best approach is to stick with the Lakers, play out the contract and play his role and embrace the starting role and embrace Darvin Ham, who's publicly offered him support. He doesn't believe a trade is beneficial to Russell Westbrook at this point in his career because the Lakers have to attach value to get rid of him. And any team that Westbrook goes to, they likely want to buy him out. So what do you think this means for Russell Westbrook in his defense? He did like a tweet that said that it's not about the Lakers and it had nothing to do with the Lakers. And sources told L.A. Times that Westbrook has not asked for a trade from LA and has never asked for a trade. So what do you think led his agent to make these remarks about Russell Westbrook? Uh, I think we'll start with me because I'm the late guy, but uh, I, um, I feel like these comments were made because of the split. I don't think it had anything to do with Russell and, and his situation right now with the Lakers more so that the agent and him went their several ways and the agent wanted to make a statement about it to talk about Russell, uh, uh, excuse me, Russell Westbrook. It's it's a tough situation because we're we're talking about an all all seventy five player who has had an amazing career and at this point in time he's just not that same ball player and he's found it very difficult to adjust his game to playing with two guys that also are capable of handling the ball for a majority of the game his inability to to buy into what the Lakers are trying to do while LeBron and Anthony Davis were on the court made it difficult for the Lakers to have success. And it made it difficult for Russell Westbrook to really have a a consistent flow of what to do because he was so fixated on not having the ball in his hands, wanting to be the guy that that's running the offense where he could have adjusted to his role and, and did what was best for the team to ultimately shut the critics up to say that you can win a championship with Russell Westbrook. I think at this point in time, if I understand what this agent is saying, if Russ were to stay with the Lakers, try to make it work, 
he could fix the narrative of how people see Russell Westbrook. Right now, people treat Russell Westbrook like he's not even a top 25 point guard in the league. That's how crazy disrespectful people talk on Russell Westbrook. I understand 100% what his agent means. But at this point, if you're the Lakers and you see the, the opportunity to go get a Kyrie Irving, to get that, that contract off of your hands with Russell Westbrook, the $45 million, whatever it is, something ridiculous, I understand the Lakers wanted to part ways. But the agent makes 100% sense. If you're Russ, you want to make sure that people understand that you gave everything you had to the situation to make it work. And if it works, your name just gets immediate respect, the respect that you've been due. But if it doesn't work, it's just a continuous downward spiral that we've seen over these past couple of months. You know, I thought Westbrook was making some solid movements earlier. You know, he was at the Darvinham press conference. He was very nice. excited. Darvinham was hyping him up about this new role. He Darvinham was pretty excited about Westbrook. And I felt like Westbrook was engaging in that. He showed that he was excited for the new change, too. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty... I'm on the 50-50 fence because I feel like this story broke out because they had, a, like like you said, the reports did come out that Russell Westbrook never asked for a trade. He never asked out of L.A. And I think that what happened was, I, I think that the conversation between him and his agent was he wanted Westbrook to get out of uh, L.A. and Westbrook didn't want. So now that the story's broken out, he's trying to make this up. But at the same time, I can understand it. You know, like you said, Drew, me included, Westbrook has been bashed. He's been destroyed this year. I mean, People, fans have took it to the extreme, throwing stuff at him and talking about his family. I ain't going to do stuff like that. Yeah, threatening but, his family because he's yeah, not playing well at basketball. Yeah. It's just basketball at the end of the day. But at the same time, you have – accountability is the word, fellas. Accountability is a beautiful word, and it's one that we should all take considerate. He has to be accountable for his actions. He has to hold himself accountable. I did not play good. And I understand a high-usage point guard that comes into a new role, you're a third option. It's different. You've been a high-usage player for most of your career. You've been the point guard. You've been the guy. Now you're coming into this situation where you've dropped to the third guy. You don't really have the ball much. Playing with LeBron is tough. I get it, especially for a superstar like that. But you got to hold yourself accountable. You got to find ways to impact the game in other ways. You got to find – you got to look at yourself and be like, me doing this is not helping us win right now. And you got to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, I just, I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. It's just like such a weird scenario because I'm all over the place thinking about this one. I think it's more of just the agent's fault, to be honest with you. I think the agent is probably making something up because they've fallen out. They've been together for 14 or 15 years. And for whatever reason, they were disagreeing and that's it. Like, I, I, I look at Russ as a solid dude. I think that he's always been sure. a solid dude. Um, what, what's so crazy is because so many people have said stuff about him as a basketball player, as a person, but every single person as far as who's in the NBA have always said good things about him. They've always said he's a great guy, great family man. You know, I know people who have talked about Russ who've known him and says all he ever does is come to the gym, work out, and go home with his family. He does nothing else. Like, he's just a cool, solid guy. So to hear people bash him the way that they do, it sucks because he isn't as bad as people say he is. He's just in a bad situation that doesn't work for him. With that being said, 
yeah, Russ is playing horrible. He's played horrible, you know, throughout the whole season. But the to say that he never asked for a trade, do I believe that? I don't know. I don't know if he never asked for a trade. I'm willing to believe he probably did want a trade. Um, but I don't I don't even know what to make of it, bro. I don't know what to make of it. I'm all over the place with that one. Maybe I can help you out with this one because I was thinking long and hard about this one yesterday, last night. Mm-hmm. So 3 a.m. thinking about this, thinking about Westbrook. What's become of him? Um, my take is a little bit different than everybody <laughs> else's. I don't, I don't really think too much about the Lakers situation. What is your job as an agent representing a player? What is your job? Let me just ask you those questions. What is your job as an agent? To get your client what they want, whatever right. that is. To put your player or whoever your client is in the best situation possible for them. Correct. And ultimately, an agent and what he wants to accomplish is to be incentivized after getting a player said contract endorsement. Very true. Because of that, Westbrook's agent, Dad Foucher, is ultimately leaving Russell Westbrook because he has no value anymore. It's as simple as that. Rich Paul tweeted, it's a cold game. LeBron co-signed it. Someone who's been loyal to Westbrook for 14 years decides to leave out of nowhere. Why? Because Westbrook has no value. For the past couple of years, what has Westbrook been known for? He's been known for achieving meaningless triple doubles getting bounced in the first round while performing horridly in the playoffs in those first rounds. He averaged 18, seven and seven this year. Those numbers don't matter to anybody. And he's not, he hasn't been able to fully embrace a role in which he was not the star, not the total ball dominant player in that said team. It's to the point that the Lakers have to attach a first-round pick to even get rid of Westbrook, who's on an expiring contract. He only has one more year. He's on an expiring. And that team, that team, whichever team Westbrook ultimately gets traded to, they would buy him out. So not only are they getting a first-round pick for also, they're also Lakers are including a, a first-ballot Hall of Famer, they would be buying out Westbrook too because they don't want him on their team. What team wants Russell Westbrook? No team wants Russell Westbrook. And as an agent, your job is to maximize deals for your clients. Your job is also get yourself paid by getting deals for your clients. Is Westbrook worth more than a minimum contract or a mid-level exception at this point in his career? If he were to hit the open market, the reason why he accepted his player option with the Lakers was because if he could, if he declined it, I don't think the Lakers bring him back. James Harden declined his player option with the Sixers. Why? Because he knew 100% Philly is bringing him back. Even if it's on a pay cut, would the Lakers even be willing to give Westbrook 32 million, 25 million, I doubt it. So that's why he accepted the option. Westbrook right now has no value. And that's why his agents left him because there's nothing in it for him anymore to represent Russell Westbrook at that level. And that's just my opinion on the matter. 
That's solid. But like 14 years, though, that's, uh, you basically part of the family at that point. It's never family. It's always business. And that's what leads me to believe that Rich Paul tweeted, it's a cold game. LeBron tweeted right after, it's a cold-ass game. Because right after Westbrook has no value anymore, his agent ups and leaves him. That's why I feel like, ultimately, he left Russell Westbrook. I and think I, he's... God. And, and I don't... And can you blame him? Russell Westbrook, it, it really is the point where amongst and in the NBA circle, his value as a basketball player is, is very, very low. So after one season, this is obviously the worst we've seen in Russell Westbrook. I'm not going to disagree by any means, but after one season, after what we saw, what he was able to do with the Wizards, not that it was much, it was a first round exit for sure, but that team was not any good by any means. Russell was able to get those group of guys together, get them honed in and he elevated his teammates play on top of still averaging a triple-double. Like, I understand he was really bad, the worst we've seen him. And But after one season, we're automatically going to say he's worth a vet minimum? What how much do you think he's worth? What, yeah, how much is Russell Westbrook worth? Like, what contract would you give him right now? If he and said, real, and give, right. you know, give me a realistic team that would sign Westbrook and plug them into their rotation. Because I don't think Westbrook is a starting point guard in – in 30 NBA teams. I don't think he is. Like Russ is probably worth like 20 to 25 million right now. So he's worth just as much as Malcolm Brogdon as Jalen Brunson. At this well, point Malcolm, in time, well, you can't compare that contract because he got that a while ago. But he's worth Westbrook right now. Like as t- bro, one, one season, season, you're gassing power. one season. You're gassing one season. That he was bad, was insane, but it was a bad bro. fit. We knew that, though. But it's unfortunate. In hindsight, okay, so yes, what, we knew that. What, te- what team can he fit on that would give him $20 million? No team in the league right now, except you go back to Washington. He could go back to Washington. That's one They don't have sure. the cash space to do that. Yeah, because they just gave Beal $100 million. So it's not the question like how much. It, the question is not how much you think he's actually worth. The question is. Well, that's what you what, just asked me. Well, the question is what team. Can't will give him that. What do teams value Westbrook at? And there is not a team that values Westbrook highly. Do the Spurs want to ruin their tank and bring in Westbrook? I don't think so. What about the Jazz? The Jazz don't want Westbrook. They're going to buy him out. The Clippers, they just signed John Wall to be their backup point guard. There are very few teams that will that even want Westbrook, that want anything to do with Westbrook. Drew, do you even think the Lakers would have let him decline and restructure the contract and still give him $20 million? Mm, I don't know. It might have been able for us to fill the holes that we need. We actually need shooters. We need 3 and D guys. Maybe I, I could see a world where we bring back Russell if that was the case, where he actually were to take the 20 to 25 and we have a little bit more flexibility to fill out the roster. Yeah, I could see it then. but. Uh, that's that's really it, to be honest. So what we're saying is what we're pretty much getting to the conclusion of. I mean, but we we never like it was never in doubt that he was going to accept that. Like, are you declining no, forty five mil? No, me. I'm I'm saying Westbrook's probably not going to get traded to uh-huh. the Nets. Is what I'm saying. No, no, I don't think so either. I feel like it has to it has to involve another team. And that other team would probably buy him out based on yeah, because we're, we're going to talk about in this week in the the NBA, but uh. Uh, real quick, it, it's it's a three-team trade between the Nets, the Lakers, and the Spurs, like you mentioned already. That's okay. 
Okay. Damn. Buyout is crazy. And I don't think I, the Spurs, I, do, do they want to start Westbrook instead of a guy like Josh Primo? Nah, like Russell Westbrook could definitely help develop their younger guys. Why the hell are they starting Josh Primo? I mean, you drafted him in the first round. Lottery. At, at the one? Yep. Okay. All right. I thought first. Primo was the two. Yeah, it's not ideal. He Definitely not ideal. Ball. He can play ball. Who's, who's, uh, who's, who's if you're Antonio, because DeJounte Murray got, got Trey Jones. They got Trey Jones. Trey Jones. They do got Trey Jones. That's solid. That, it, I feel like solid. Russ could actually start on the Spurs and be decent for them. Oh, of course, Russ can start on the Spurs, but I'm saying and play Spurs, well. If, if you're the Spurs, why would you risk a top pick? For Westbrook for winning I mean, a couple games this season. Even with Russell, what 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 are they really? What's their ceiling? They're definitely not a bottom team in the West with Russell. Their ceiling's what, 11, 12? Yep. Around uh, maybe. So they're still mid. Like, like amongst <laughs> the worst in the league. Yeah, Doesn't but really now matter. now you go from having a 14% chance at number one pick at a five percent, six percent chance. And we still seen people. We still seen crazy things in the the lottery of recent. Yes, but if but I understand what you mean. Tanking, I, I get what you're saying. That. I get it for sure. I think the most realistic thing for Westbrook is having OKC embrace him for a homecoming because that's like the only place that really wants him. And even then, you have Giddy, you have Shea, you have Trey Mann, you have yeah, all no, these OKC's guards. not happening. And he not starting. He ain't starting over there. OKC. I tell you that. He's not. That minimum was just rude. I don't think it's that rude. If if not to, if it's not a vet minimum, it's a mid level exception. The same thing John Wall just got. I give him eight. I John Wall got six mil a year. Oh yeah, I, I, whatever GP got, I'll give him like a year, uh, two mil higher than that. So after Very, one season, this is how we're going to throw Russell's name like, in the mud. But this is the thing, though. Like you're saying. This yeah, is how we're gonna throw Russell's name in the mud. I think that what also plays into is just the fact that he stunk it up for the Lakers, and it I think, that, and it I think that's what makes it bad. Because I believe that if Russell would have stunk it up with the Houston Rockets, nobody would care. Nobody would even think twice about it. But because it's the Lakers, because the Lakers as well as the Knicks are probably like the two most unrealistic fan bases in just sports. You know, it's like every single day, whether they're good or bad, you're always going to talk about the Lakers or the Knicks. So when you have the Lakers and then you have LeBron on your team and then you have somebody who's thinking up like Russ did, it made it to where every single night or every single day was literally what can we say crazy about Russ? So is he as bad as everybody's talking about? He's not. It's really just he played extremely horrible for the Lakers next to LeBron and the media is going to eat that up. Before we go on to the next topic, a quick word from BetStamp. If you guys haven't heard about BetStamp, BetStamp is basically an app that offers different sports books and lines from different sports books so you can make the best bet and get the most return for your money. There's a lot of value in finding the best odds, which you can do via BetStamp, and you can do this by comparing the best available odds at one sports book, sports book versus another sports books. And BetStamp also offers a lot of different stuff like education on sports betting because the only way to get an edge and be informed on the bets you make is ultimately to have different sports books that you can compare odds at so you know you're making the best bet possible. And BetStamp also offers verified bet 
tracking. So there are users that exist within the app that place bets and you can see where, where their winnings are, where their losings are. You can see the percentages of bets they win. So you can follow bets that they make and maybe make it on your own or look at look at how they bet and do their stuff. So I think that's a really cool feature that they have as well. And users that sell those bets in, in BetStamp also can get commissions based off of uh, picks that other users use. So if you guys are inter interested in that, that's definitely an option. So shout out to BetStamp for sponsoring this segment and sponsoring Pick Aside. We appreciate you guys. So yeah, go check them out. You guys can view different sports books and compare it. And they also have like, there's a bet link tab within the app that has a bunch of different sports books like Bet365, Typico, Caesar, BetMGM, et cetera. And you can go sign up to those sports books from that page. So shout out to BetStamp. On to the next topic. The Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, last year, six in the Western Conference despite Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. not playing the entire season. Do you feel like this offseason they made the necessary moves to be in the midst of the contenders once again? Can they maybe beat a Golden State or a Clippers in the NBA playoffs if they were to face them? What do you guys think about this? Well, I always thought, you know, if Denver was healthy, they were going to be in the conversation, you know. Joker coming off a back-to-back MVP two seasons. He didn't he didn't have any help. Six seed. I think they did really well in the draft. They picked Zeke, Najee. They had Bones Highland. Those are two really good players that are going to come off their bench. They opened up room for uh, Bones, too, with trading Monte Morris, so he will be the backup point guard. They picked up KCP. I thought that was a huge move. A guy who can space the floor. He's a really good cutter. He could defend. It's just about health for Denver. I think at this point, they haven't really seen their big three fully together at their best. So I think for us to say, oh, they need to make more moves, it's tough because when is the last time those three have been really healthy and they've been at their best? You know, the last time we've seen them was the bubble. And even then, MK, like MPJ, he has so much room to grow. We don't know what he can really be at the back end. He's just been messing up. But I think just them getting healthy, I think if they can get healthy with the Joker playing at this type of level, they will be at the top of the conversation with the Clippers, with the Warriors, because they have a, they, they as well as those teams have a mismatch problem. They do too. They have the Joker who can literally destroy any defensive scheme in the NBA. So when you have that type of player, you have a top four player in the world. You're always going to be competitive. You got to just put the guys around. Him. I think Denver has done that. River, you said it pretty perfectly. The biggest concern for the Nuggets is health. I love the addition of Bruce Brown. Yes, he isn't Riv's favorite basketball player, but at the same time, he does his job very well. He doesn't do he doesn't do more than what he's asked. He rebounds well, passes the ball when he's needed to, and he hits shots. He gets to the bucket, he finds a way to work within that paint. Bruce Brown's one of those gritty type ball players that you like having on your roster. Adding KCP, adding a shooter to your squad, that's always that's always solid. Three and D type guy. I just worry about. Jamal Murray and FPJ. Jamal Murray, I'm not too worried about specifically for the fact that it's an ACL injury. You come back from those. We've seen guys come back from an ACL injury. I feel like once Murray's in the swing of things, Murray's going to be the Murray that we've known and grown accustomed to. MPJ is my concern because last season and in this past season, I should say, and when he was first drafted, his concern was his back. And that's the reason why he dropped to where he did in the draft. And the reason why the Knicks don't have MPJ on their roster as of right now, and now 
years later, it's coming back to haunt the Nuggets. And MPJ has shown great strides in his game since coming into the league. But without that third-level guy, I do have my concerns with the Nuggets. They have a great roster for sure when it's 100% healthy. When it's 100% healthy, like Riv mentioned, you have to group them amongst the best teams in the Western Conference and amongst the best teams in the NBA, truthfully. But you cannot fully go all in on that without knowing and seeing it consistently, at least for the first two months of the of the NBA season, Jamal Murray playing Jamal Murray basketball and MPJ taking another stride in his development, but being consistent in that. I think that y'all pretty much summed up everything that I was thinking about. The main thing is just health. It really is just down to health because I do believe that Jokic is one of the best basketball players in the world, as you all do as well. Um, the fact that he even was able to get some wins or get a win against the Golden State Warriors without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr. is already an attest- a, a, a testament to his greatness. Um, I just think that, you know, he was just missing his guys. So for me to really say that, you know, they needed to make a lot of moves or did they make enough moves to get them there? I think that the one thing that they need to do to get there is just see what are these guys like when they're healthy. To your point, I think that MPJ has had the back issues and the back issues like one of the worst things that you can have just as an athlete in general. But what I think about as well is even if we don't see MPJ take a step in the right direction or a step forward in his maturation process, at the end of the day, this is still a six foot 10 guard wing who is going to be able to space the floor at a high level and guard multiple positions, not the greatest defender, but he is able to guard multiple positions. And I think that as his IQ continues to develop, he will still be a major piece to this organization. I think that Jamal Murray coming back and being who we expect him to be is going to be the biggest key. Um, like you say, KCP, you know, great defender, able to knock some shots down. I think Bruce Brown just kind of being a, a all around guy who can kind of glue it together, but also be really good defensively helps. But Jokic is just going to need somebody else who's going to be out there to get a bucket. I think Jamal Murray will be able to provide that. If they can stay healthy, I see them being a top three team in the West and competing for a championship genuinely. And even if they're not top three, I still think that they can compete for the championship just as every, if everybody's healthy. There's no doubt. Jamal Murray, before he got hurt, was having his best season yet as a pro. He got hurt. Michael Porter Jr. came in and averaged 24 points per game in his absence. In the playoffs, he didn't do his best. Disappointed for sure. Michael Porter Jr. deserved that extension Denver gave him because ultimately he is somebody who has all-star potential. Jamal Murray is an all-star caliber player, I believe. So in the, in the playoffs, he turns into a superstar level player. And we know Nikola Jokic is that. I feel like this was the best possible offseason for the Nuggets uh, in reference to them not getting a star player. Because we know if they would have gotten a star, yeah, everybody would have been very excited about it. But they made key acquisitions that have went under the radar. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, great defender, NBA champion, uh, shoots 40% from three, great catch-and-shoot shooter. Rev mentioned he's a great cutter. Playing with Jokic, being able to space the floor is going to be huge. And Denver has been looking for a starting two guard for like three years now. You know, it was Will Barton at a, at a point. And Will Barton is good, but he's more of a, of a spark plug off the bench than he is a starter because he scores, but he doesn't play defense. He's a sub, 
He's a subpar playmaker. And then before Will Barton, when he was hurt in the bubble, who was it? P.J. Dozier? I'm, I'm forgetting who it was. They never had a true starting two guard. KCP is the first two guard that they've had in a long time that is a true starter. It was Gary Harris at one point. KCP now fills that role. And then you bring in Bruce Brown. Now, every team in a league needs a glue guy. Grant Williams, P.J. Tucker, Jared Vanderville, Patrick Beverly, those type of guys. That's what Bruce Brown is. Bruce Brown played point guard in college. Bruce Brown worked the pick and roll and the short roll with Steve Nash in Brooklyn. He's somebody that can make up for Monte Morris's playmaking now that he's gone because Bruce Brown can handle the ball. He shot 40% on catch and shoot threes last season. He is a, a pest of a defender. So now you have a bench of Bones Highland, who I think is better than Monte Morris. You have Bruce Brown. Jeff Green is there. Zeke Naji. They signed DeAndre Jordan, but we know DeAndre Jordan is, is more so just a, a veteran presence in the locker room. And their lineup is very good defensively. Aaron Gordon, MPJ, KCP, Jamal Murray. We'll see how he plays defensively. I mean, this team is definitely a team that can make the finals. And they can, they can beat any team in the West. They can beat the Clippers. They've already proven it. They can beat the Warriors because we know their biggest weakness is at center. And nobody can check Jokic. And now that you surround them with the necessary perimeter players, they can make that series a fight. So the Nuggets, no doubt, are at the top of the West. And I feel like if they stay healthy, they'll be one of those teams in the Western Conference Finals for sure. Ooh. That's, uh, that's tough. Minnesota. It's not, not – oh, okay, here we go. Um, and don't forget about the Grizzlies. Don't do that. Um, I, nobody's worried about Memphis, respectfully. That sounds disrespectful. Um, I, I think the same thing though. I don't. I'm not worried about the Grizzlies. I also agree. There'll be a there'll be a, a little annoying team, but I don't think they're going to the WCF or nothing like that. No, I'm not saying WCF either. I'm just saying you got to throw them in that that conversation. If, if we're ranking the West teams, these West Memphis teams is like the sixth best team in the West. If we're if we're ranking the West teams, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Suns, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, Dallas. I'm missing one. Dallas. Dallas. And who else though? I'm missing somebody. You like just you're, mentioned- you're locked taking Timberwolves over the Grizzlies. I'm not locked in this. Let me finish what I'm saying. So, okay. I'm just saying we're, you we're said talk, Timberwolves. We're, talk, we're talking about these teams. The Warriors, Suns, Nuggets, Mavericks, Timberwolves, Clippers, Clippers, Memphis. And Memphis. Out of these teams, which ones are pretenders? Warriors, I think we can all they just want to change they're contenders for sure. The Suns. Pretender, you could group. Them I think there. I'm gonna be. I, I could make this pretty short. The Warriors, Denver, and the Clippers are the only contenders in the West for me. Yeah. So Memphis, they're Mavericks. Pretenders. Mavericks yeah. and Memphis are like in the middle between contenders. All right. I I put I can Mavs, level there. I, I can level Mavs there. over Memphis. I yeah, I got, I got the Mavs over Memphis too. I think the Memphis. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I no no New Orleans. Oh, the Pelicans Don healthy. I, I got to see, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see it play. For, I got to see them play first before I say Even if Zion isn't there, they took they took Phoenix to, to seven. Pretenders. They, hmm? If Zion isn't there, pretenders. Okay. If Zion isn't there, they're not competing at if, a high, if, high if level. If Zion isn't there, we're not asking that question. Correct. Okay. Correct. I, with, with, with Zion being there, completely healthy, I would... 
I would venture off and even say I probably would put them no no lower than six four, four, four. or five in the West. Four or five in the West. Like I think they'd be right under the Warriors. They'll be under Denver. They'll be under the Clippers. And then from there, it's like I think that I think that the uh, that New Orleans would get Dallas out. Like I think I think New Orleans would beat Dallas. I think New Orleans beats Phoenix. So I, I I would throw them in there for sure with CJ McCollum, uh, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones. We're gonna get into it with some of the later conversation. Yeah. So that sounds good. So I'm just gonna say all the teams and you tell me contenders or pretenders. Okay. Right. So first up, Golden State Warriors. Contenders. Champions. Contenders. Denver Nuggets. Contenders. Contenders. Phoenix Suns. Pretenders. In the middle. I'm going to give contenders. Clippers. Contenders. Contenders. Memphis Grizzlies. In the middle. In the middle. All right. If if we're allowing in the middle, I'm going to also go in the middle. Dallas Mavericks. In the middle. In the middle. Best The best of the middle, though. They're the best of the middle. But Luka Doncic, we just saw that he could take that 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 step to have his team at a he beat frauds. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm still going to go contenders. Timberwolves in the middle. Pretenders. Contenders. And now Pelicans granted they're healthy with Zion. I have them. I have them at the top of the middle uh, above Dallas. Um, as of today, pretenders, but it can easily change once I see them play. I'm all in. I'm going contenders. So for me, this is how I'm grouping. I'm going to break it down into tiers too. So absolute contenders, bona fide contenders. I have no questions about them. Warriors, Nuggets, Clippers. Yes. That, those are the only three. Yes. Tier two is high potential. They have the potential to be serious contenders, not just this year, but for years to come. That's the Timberwolves, the Pelicans and the Mavericks. And no Grizzlies. Tier three, so the Grizzlies rude. are in a tier of their own. It's, I believe in them, but they don't have enough surrounding parts that are stars for me to fully believe in them. But neither do the Mavericks. They have Luca, obviously, who's. Yeah, but Luca, Luca is his. Where'd you, own... where'd, you, where'd you put Phoenix? I didn't hear you say Phoenix. Oh, yeah, I haven't mentioned Phoenix. You know what? I, I'll say it. Actually, you know what? I'm tier three is pretenders for me, like absolute pretenders, Phoenix Suns, and Memphis. That's it. I think <laughs> absolute pretenders. I know I don't think Memphis is a contender. No way, no how. I think they're I pretenders. I, 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 I don't West, think Memphis is contenders. I don't think Memphis are contenders. Heavies. There's actually nothing wrong with that, honestly. The Timberwolves have a better team than Memphis now, and they were they were supposed to beat them in the first round. This past and they round. choked. They lost in six. Yeah, young team, but now they have Rudy Gobert, who we've all said he's a he's young a team, but so are the Grizzlies. He's a defensive superstar. We mentioned that. Young team, no, but so are the Grizzlies. You said that. We didn't mention you said that. Nobody else said that but you. You don't think he's a defensive superstar? I've never even no, heard the term. Not, he's a defensive not, specialist. That, that just defensive sounds, specialist. Like, yeah, that sounds nutty to me. I'm not just breaking it down. One guy's a superstar. One he's an all-time great defender. I've never in my life heard of defensive superstar until I got on the Pick a Side podcast, so... I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that we have to popularize... I have to popularize that term. Hey, well, Dude. hey, 
Go ahead and cut this out. That's merch right there. There are guys. There are guys. <laughs> PJ Tucker, defensive superstar. Oh my God. Oh wow. All right. Well, see, this is when the, this is when the, the phrase is done. That's when the phrase is completely dead. Ta- talking about teams in the West, the Mavericks are one of those teams that you guys have mentioned that you feel like you feel like they're in the bubble uh, because it's Luca and a bunch of guys. But maybe it's not because. My man C. Wood is coming into town. Christian Wood coming into, that, into town to go help out Luca. But according to Tim Cato from The Athletic, who covers the Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd has declared four starters already. Luca, Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Javel McGee. The fourth starter is up for debate right now, but Tim Cato said that he's been told Reggie Bullock Reggie will be the fifth starter. That means Christian Wood is potentially coming off the bench in a six-man role. How do you feel about this if that report is indeed true? Okay, so they're running, they're basically running out three shooters Four and shooters. one big. No, Dinwiddie you said... 40% on catch and shoot. Oh, yeah, no, I was counting Dinwiddie. I'm, I'm, I but like Penny Smith and Luca. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Sorry. Um, so they're well, oh, because you know what I'm thinking of Luca's the one, so I'm just, whoever's around him, so three shooters and a, and a center, right? That's what, okay, so that's what I was saying. So they're, they're, they're <laughs> okay. I would have, I would have liked, I felt, I feel like Christian Wood is a four as opposed to a five. So I feel like next to JaVel McGee, he kind of would have been perfect in playing his actual natural position, yeah. but nonetheless, coming off the bench, making him earn it, I think that's something because Wood has coming into the league has been a bit of an ego guy. So I think him having to earn that role or even being a six man, I think that's huge. But I also think familiarity is something really important. And I think running out the guys that created success for you, for the most part, I think that's huge. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie would have been nice off the bench, could have been off the six man role. But nonetheless, the two point guard system worked for them last year or the two guard system. So I think Dinwiddie starting is cool. You keep Reggie Bullock and Finney Smith in for the defense type of defense. They hound those guys and they can shoot the ball. They, they create the space. And then JaVale McGee, he's a guy who's going to play 20 to 25 minutes, give you that rim protection, give you that lob threat. He, I, th- I feel like he's better than Dwight Powell, so that's perfect for them. So I'm cool with this lineup. You know, I think Jason Kidd proved a lot of people wrong last year, creating this team that is a great defensive team. Offense still needs work, but I think this team will be much better on the offensive end this year. So I'm cool with this role, you know. I think Christian Wood's going to be fine in his role. He's going to be what majority of us, not the other guy, but majority of us think he will be, which is just a really good player in a good situation next to Luka. Not the whole all-star, all-NBA garbage, that. Not that. He's well, he getting starter minutes now. still. He definitely can't get all-NBA now coming off the bench. So it's I, didn't, I never said all-NBA. I said all-star caliber. Well, all-star off the bench is still hard to do. But, you know, this is, this is cool for me because I, I feel like Dallas can go different ways with their rotation. So this is fine with me. Uh, the reason why I have mixed emotions about this. So to benefit your point, Riv, why Wood coming off the bench isn't horrible is because you have him and Kleba, who over the past two seasons have both missed 45 games of combined over these past two seasons. So you, you want to make sure that Christian Wood's not under too much, uh, stress. His body's not being overworked. You're benefiting him by giving him less minutes and saving his body for when you need him most. But the reason why I would rather him start with this lineup is Dimwitty when he was a starter in Washington showed that 
he really isn't the best starter. Let's be real. In that bench role, we really saw Dimwitty seize the opportunity and thrive. We saw it with Brooklyn. We saw it again with the Mavericks. And, of course, he's playing next to Luka Doncic, which makes things a lot simpler. But the lineup of Luka, if you really want to throw Reggie Bullock in the starting lineup, that's fine. But where is Tim Hardaway? That's my question, really. Tim Hardaway it has been a consistent ball player for the Mavericks for years on years. And we saw him obviously get injured, but Tim Hardaway is some one of those guys that I would plug in at that too and not even think twice about it. You have Dorian Finney-Smith at the, at the three, you put Christian Wood at the four, and you run JaVale at the five. The reason why that works is because you can stretch the floor with Christian Wood. And Riv, you said it perfectly. He can play the four. And JaVale McGee, he showed it last season. He was great in his role with the Suns. And JaVale could, could be that you could swap – Christian Wood or JaVale really doesn't matter, but I feel like that lineup works best because you have great rim protection and you have someone at the floor with great size who can stretch and allow Luka to still do what he needs to do to facilitate that offense. I think that with Christian Wood, I'm not mad at him, honestly, coming off of the bench, really to some of y'all's point, which is really just you already have kind of built a winning culture over here, you know, JSK has done an incredible job. I would 100%. like to see Tim Hardaway Jr. at that shooting guard position because we've seen him with, there for three, four, five years. How long has it been now? Like, it seems like he's been there forever. But the thing also that I look at with Christian Wood is 6'10", he can stretch the floor. He's always been an incredible talent, honestly, and he can play the four. But the biggest thing that I always look at with him is, does he, he's a very talented basketball player. I think. Do I think he's all-star level? No, not at all. But <laughs> all, the, all of the all of the high-level playing that he's done has been on losing organizations. True. Losing franchises. Then he get his he started off with Philly and like you know, with their you know summer league teams and all that back when Ben Simmons came around and Jeremy Grant. And um then he was over with Detroit. And I think that's where he kind of really stuck in the league. Detroit was always thinking it up. And now he's over at Houston where, you know, he got paid his contract and he's really been over there just putting up shots and, you know, I guess getting drunk in his free time. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it's beautiful, beautiful life. But so, so when I look at him going over to Dallas, what I say is this is a very talented basketball player. He could definitely immediately help Dallas in a lot of different ways, stretching the floor, guarding multiple positions and um, really fitting in with to what Luca wants to do. But do I really know that he is, somebody that can fit into a winning environment. Will we get the same Christian Wood if he's not going to, if he's not going to get all the opportunities that he's used to getting. So really it can go either way. If Christian Wood was starting, I wouldn't be mad at it, but I think I like him better coming off of the bench, at least for now. And maybe when we get around the midway point of the season, we can reevaluate, change some stuff around with the lineup. I like Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench as well. Um, but you know, we'll just have to see how it goes, but I'm not mad either way. I would start him off the, I would have him come off the bench to start the season though. Listen, HP. I'm glad you came on the show today. Let's hear it before, before you say something, let me just go and say your curls are beautiful. Thanks. (laughs) Curls are beautiful. All right. Like I see what you got going on. I wish I could do the same. This isn't a dispute with you. All right. It's a dispute with everybody who's undermining Christian the Woodman. Did you call him Christian the Wood? The Woodman. <laughs> the Woodman. The, the, the Woodman. The Woodman. 
My girlfriend ain't even called me that. <laughs> Jeez, that's an incredible Christian, man. Christian Wood has been disrespected. Tim Cato wrote this article, and you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He said in it that it's not his opinion that Christian Wood won't start. It's what he's reporting. That what he's been told is that he won't start. Now, who am I to question Jason Kidd, legendary Hall of Fame point guard, one of my favorite players ever? I'm not one to question Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd's a mastermind. But I do believe it'd be a mistake if he wasn't starting Christian Wood. Now, is that at the center? I don't know. Is that at the power forward spot? I don't know. One of the two, either one works with me. But in the athletic article that Tim Cato wrote about Christian Wood, he referenced his colleague's article, Seth Partnow, and his tier rankings of top players in the NBA. And of course, he's his colleague, so he respects him. But Seth Partnow, what he did to Christian Wood is inexcusable. And it's something he did to R.J. Barrett last season when he didn't have R.J. as a top 125 player in the league. Damn. Seth Partnow left Christian Wood off of his top 125 players in the league while having players like Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, and Dinwiddie make it. Christian Wood is closer to top 40 than he is 125. Oh, yeah. I stand on that. I can make that make sense. I can make that. That's facts. Top 40? He's closer closer to top 40 40 than 125. He's a top 50 player in the league for sure. Oh. I I don't know about top 50, but I can see him being closer to 45 than 125. Okay, okay, it makes sense to me. I was thinking, like, you were saying he's top 40. You were saying, you know what? I don't know. The reason why this doesn't make sense to me is because Christian Wood is the perfect pick and roll, pick and pop partner for Luka. 100%. He can stretch the floor. He can roll. He has very long arms, 7'3 wingspan at 6'10, 6'9. So he has the ability to swat shots and contest, although he hasn't given his best on the defensive end so far. But he's been with horrible teams that really, when you're not win- in a winning situation, it, it, you don't. most players don't play defense in those situations. Correct. The Dallas Mavericks were one of the best defensive teams last year with the starting lineup of Brunson, Luka, Finney-Smith, um, Kleba, Bullock at times, and then Dwight Powell at the five. So do I think that that defense would drop off much if the lineup is Luka, Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Bullock, and, and Christian Wood? I don't. I think McGee is better suited off the bench if you're asking me personally. And I think the scoring will be there still. Defense will be there still. The Dallas Mavericks last season were 24th in points per game and 15th in offensive rating. It's clear they need more offense than defense at this point. That doesn't mean they're a completely small team because Dinwiddie's a 6'6 point guard. Luka is 6'8. Finney Smith is 6'8, 6'6, 6'6 to 6'8. Bullock is 6'6 to 6'8. Christian Wood is 6'10. That's not a small lineup. What you're giving up two inches from going to McGee to Wood, which isn't that big of a difference when you have when every other position on your team is taller. With Christian Wood being with this lineup, I think the offensive upside is enormous, which is why I'd personally go with that. And I don't know what it is with this Christian Wood slander that's been happening. I understand he played for the Houston Rockets, 
but this guy is a winning player. And I have no doubt that whatever role Jason Kidd throws at him, if he wants him to go give the players water, Christian Wood is going to embrace that role because he is tired of the narrative around his name being that he doesn't contribute to winning basketball. And this year that's going to change. And I don't, I don't care what Tim Cato was told. I believe he will start day one. What do you mean by a winning player? He will do whatever it takes to win. What has he done so yet? No, you said he was a winning player. So what I'm trying to figure out is where. No, he will show he is a winning player. So is he or he'll show it? He will show it. So he's not right now. He hasn't put, he hasn't been thrust in a situation that calls on him too. Well, that's what happens when you're unleash that dog that he has. Well, you've been in the G League a few times. You had the scratch and claw. That tends to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Had to get a spot. People but, um, eat their words on Christian, the Woodman. I, I don't think he'll be an All Star. I don't think he doesn't have to be an All Star. What's he averaging this season? He's averaging 18. Off the bench, six man. He will average 18 to 20 points per game. So six man in the year. If he's six man, I don't think he's going to be six man. I think he's going to start. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Same. I was actually I was doing some digging actually in in comment sections and uh, a comment said that Jason Kidd was asked at summer league like, you know, you know when they you know when the games go on and you know coaches get interviewed and stuff like thirty second stuff. He said Christian Wood is starting. Oh, okay. But Tim Cato's reporting something else. So you know whatever we'll, we'll see. I don't know if Jason Kidd even truly said that. That's what I read. But yeah. I didn't see the clip. So we'll see. But I believe in Christian Wood. I think he's going to be phenomenal. I like it. I like I it. Think, I, don't, well. I don't mind him starting or not starting. I think he'll yeah. Be yeah. This week in the NBA, sponsored by NBA Top Shot. Shout out to NBA Top Shot. You guys can go buy a $9 starter pack. Create your account. Collect moments. It's a lot of fun. And before we get on to some stuff in this week in the NBA, Drew, Riv, and I bought NBA rookie moments from Top Shot. Josh sure. Giddy, or no, Franz Wagner, Herb Jones, and Riv, Jonathan Kaminga, you got your guy. And we're going to show these moments on screen and have you guys vote on which moment is the best. And HP, it's good that you're here as well because you can see, you can see um, the moments. I'm sharing my screen right now. Let me know if you can see it. Yep, I can see you. Okay. This is you, right. you guys can all see it? Is that Brazzers? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I don't I do it. That that's on my phone, not on my computer. <laughs> okay. So starting off with Franz Wagner, this is the Franz Wagner that Drew got. This is the highlight that he had. So we're about to see it right now. He cooks up crazy right here. See now nah, he absolutely nice. bodies Rudy. Dude, oh, oh, look at the move. Oh my nah, he violated Rudy. That's a he violated move. Rudy. Cross, cross, he lay, and he jumped that's off right. the right. He he dropped off the wrong foot. He jumped off the left and laid it with his left high on the glass. Oh, that's that's a defensive superstar, by the way. You're telling me Mr. Robinson can't be better than that? <laughs> oh God. Hey, now this, this is so. This is Drew's moment. This is my moment coming up. It's Herb Jones. Hey, Herb Jones really surprised me because I had a friend who was in Alabama, and he told me that he. Was, oh my god! 
on the Joker. Oh my God. On the Joker. <laughs> Herbert Jones. Yeah, that was ill. That was ill. That was fire. Herb Jones is such a steal. He's- and now that was my moment. Now this is Riv's moment. Oh, you know, Kamika about to punch on somebody crazy. Oh, I remember this. This is about to get nasty. Oh, come back. <laughs> Yes, uh, that's so those oh. those are the three moments. And by the way, guys, all it's these not- moments were under ten dollars in the marketplace on NBA Top Shot. So not everything on NBA Top Shot is expensive. You can buy pretty cool moments for for uh, not that much money. So HP, you saw all those moments. We're gonna have the fans vote on it via Instagram and Twitter when we put it up later on. Uh, what moment was your favorite? Which one do you think deserves the crown? Herb Jones. Herb Jones coming through punching like that on Yoki is just crazy. Absolutely right. crazy, bro. <laughs> Gotta respect it. Yeah, that's why. Jokic isn't that great of a defender, so. Yeah, but, the, a, that's but look, sometimes, some, sometimes it's fun seeing the weak get pick on. Oh, no, nah, I'm just joking. Nah, this is a fire dunk. <laughs> now, on to the This Week in the NBA. Shout out to NBA Top Shot. I'm going to go first with mine. Keldon Johnson, four-year, $80 million deal, 20 mil a year. I think this contract is going to age perfectly. In a year or so, we're going to view this as one of the best value contracts in the NBA. He averaged 17 this past season, shot 40% from three, 46% from the field. Now, when DeMar left the Spurs, there was an opening for someone to take over. DeJounte took over that role, became an all-star. I don't know if Keldon Johnson will become an all-star. But I know that Keldon Johnson is going to be in the running for most improved player. And I think he is easily averaging over 20 points per game this season. And Keldon Johnson is going to be big time for the Spurs. All right. I'm glad I wrote three because you took one of them. So uh, three. Okay. Overachiever. uh, This one isn't really a, this is more of a shout out. Shout out to the big Zebo. It was his 41st birthday. The other Randall. day, I got a shout out Zach Randolph, 17 and nine for his career, one of 22 players with 18K points and 10K rebounds, number 50 retired by Memphis. Shout out to the big grid guy, Aaron. That was a team that, you know, gave teams fits to Clippers. They beat San Antonio as an eighth seed. They went to the WCF and they challenged the OKC. So this was a dangerous team with Conley, Zebo, Marcus but it was led by those front going players. So I got to show some love to big Zebo. He sounds like Julius Randle. Oh, no, God. better. <laughs> All right, so my this week in the NBA, it's actually happening right now as we speak. LeBron James is playing in the Drew League for the first time since 2011 when the NBA locked out. Now, ironically, super ironically, Kyrie Irving is also playing in the Drew League. Unfortunately, they're not playing at the same time. Kyrie Irving played a little bit earlier this morning, he played at like 11.45. LeBron James is playing right now. I play with them all. Yep. And um, this is super, super ironic, like I mentioned before, because, again, LeBron hasn't played in the Drew League since 2011. What need does he really have to play in the Drew League? Maybe it was solely for the fact that he wanted to just, I don't know, maybe maybe just Kyrie Irving and him, maybe he just wanted to chat, have a conversation. I don't know. Maybe they chat off court. It's just super ironic. That's all I have to say. Kyrie didn't play, by the way. It said that Kyrie and LeBron James are in the Drew League, are playing. Oh, I know, League. I know, but like Kyrie is playing later tonight. Not, no, I think Kyrie Irving just not is not going to play. 
At least that's what I've been reading on Twitter that he I was going to say is, ESPN reported that him and LeBron are playing. Maybe LeBron is playing with oh, No, LeBron's playing right now as we speak. Yeah. ESPN reported that he was uh playing right now, right 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 now. It says it says that what? from from ESPN. <laughs> what? <laughs> My man, no. Bro, glitched. Listen. <laughs> My yes, it said that Kyrie Irving is expected to play in Los Angeles. Uh, Kyrie Irving is scheduled to play at 11 a.m. Pacific. James game will tip off at 1:45 p.m. That's 2 p.m. Then, yeah, Kyrie didn't play. I read it on Twitter. Sadly, oh. Demar's playing now. Facts. That's another one. Drew League legend right there. Facts. Um, I'm one day off, but my uh, this week in the NBA, and this is about to be a snowball effect. But Damian Lillard. Signed his two-year extension for a hundred million. Facts, not a winner. And <laughs> I don't like it, and it just doesn't make sense to me. And um, we're going to talk more about it as we get into these topics. But at this point, I'm 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 over it. I'm over. I, I, I'm I'm pretty much over Damian Lillard at this point. Yeah, it sucks when your favorite. But why? As we get deeper into the topics. I'm glad we're going to talk about it. I'm glad you brought that up because that's going I'm gonna talk about it later. I'm glad no, yeah, because, because either, it's, it's about the snowball, it's about a snowball from here. HP, I understand what you're saying because you know, when your favorite player, when you want him to win so bad and he doesn't do everything oh he can to win, it's disappointing. It almost sounds like you're saying he's running from the grind. It, it's close to it. He doesn't want to go win championship. That's why for me, James Harden taking a pick well, always question? be my guy. You give it up, you give it up a hundred million dollars for two years. Um, if I can get eighty million in the championship, yeah. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> just just was that you're lying. I'll you're get lying. it back you're in endor- I'll get it back in endorsement money. But you got the hundred and the endorsement. Nah, you're not giving that up, bro. I, you're not. It's just, it's, you're not. You're not giving. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not. I'm happy. Position. I'm happy. Dame got his money. Let me say that. I'm never going to buy not to get their money. So, like, if somebody picks the bread over, you know, a chip, I respect it because I don't know if I would do it. But what I'll say is I'm tired of people, and, and this isn't Dame, but it's just like people in general who are in the NBA. I'm tired of you getting the bag and then telling me that you think you can win, Bradley Beal included. Like, j- just get your money, go on about your day. But to tell me, we'll, we'll get into it. It's going to snowball. Don't worry, we'll get into it. That will never be James Harden. Now he's just not going to win. Oh. We'll see about wow. that. Wow. Ouch. We'll about that one. <laughs> Hey. Don't eat your words now. Don't eat your words. Hey, look, I had faith back when there was this tall, lanky guy who could shoot the basketball at a high level and this freak athlete point guard. Point guard. Um, I believed back then, and after that, you know, I just stopped believing. You mean the snake and the, and the brickster? Um, brickster, can you stop? Well, That's look, corny. last time I heard that person that, you, that I think you're referring to said that he doesn't like when his name is played with. So you I'm know, gonna respect him, and I'm gonna say, I'm not. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I was on I was on TikTok, and it, this song popped up on my TikTok. It was this it was this girl who was um, rapping her song, and she oh, was God. like, she's in the trap, flipping, flipping, shit, flipping bricks like Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. When, when, when you start when you start getting your name thrown in for bars that like just aren't good. It, it, it's, it's rough out here. Before we finish this week in the NBA, you guys know what time it is. It's Would You Rather Donovan Mitchell edition. 
sir. First name up, Devin Booker. Devin I'm taking Booker. D Book. I'm taking D Book. CJ McCullum. CJ McCullum. I'm taking Donovan. Huh? You're taking what? CJ I'll McCullum take, with Donovan Jeff. Mitchell. You know what? Would you rather you rather him? I'm taking Don. Why are you taking CJ over Donovan Mitchell? Because I look at CJ as being a high level, three level scorer. I look at him as being a they having the capabilities of being a true point guard, and I think that he'll fit very well and look a whole lot better than what he's shown in Portland being with New Orleans. Exactly. I, look, I, look, I, look, I look I look at I look at Donovan as being an offensive juggernaut. And I think he can score the ball in bigger bunches than CJ, but I think that CJ as an entire basketball player, I'll take CJ. Makes sense. Next name, Zach Levine. I'm going Levine. Yeah. I'm going Levine. I gotta go Levine. I, I'm, I'm shocked. Levine. You're yo, yo, you're nuts. You're nuts. Levine. You're nuts. I said Donovan Mitchell the other day. Bro, I'm a since guy. when, bro? Since when are you since he when said, are you doing would you that? Rather? Exactly. Said, I, since when? I would rather Zach Levine. Yeah. Bradley Beal. Oh my God. Give me Donovan. I think I'm going Beal. It sounds like I'm hating on Donovan at this point, but I'm going Beal. Okay, HP. Beal's an <laughs> underrated playmaker. Now, this isn't a guard, but this is his former teammates. Rudy Gobert. Donovan. 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 I am going to go. <laughs> this is tough. Like, it's so weirdly tough because – Obviously, Gobert is just amazing defensively, but he's just such a liability offensively. Can't stretch to the perimeter, which he's a yes, he's, footer, man. yeah, yeah. That's I mean, of course, but they're weirdly what are, are taken, man. I'm gonna go down to Mitchell reluctantly. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, JB. JB. Okay. Why are you going? Why are you going uh, Donovan Mitchell, Riff? Because Donovan Mitchell is a superior playoff performer, and I can do more with him as my number one player than Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown gets a lot of he, – he has a lot of great moments, but I feel like that's because a lot of the attention is on Jason Tatum. Jimmy it's, Butler. Jimmy. 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 Now, this is the last name. The last name. DeMar DeRozan. Donovan. Jimmy Donovan. We actually had this conversation the last show. This is a tough one. I guess if everything encompassed, I've been convinced, Donovan Mitchell. Okay, that's good. Just to let you guys know, this is my opinion on the matter. Booker over Mitchell, Mitchell over McCullum, Mitchell over Levine, Mitchell over (laughs) Beal, Mitchell over Gobert, Mitchell over Brown, Butler over Mitchell, Mitchell over DeMar. You really trying to get him with the Knicks? Nah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I've been saying Mitchell's better than Zach Levine for how long? Bro, enough. Like, you haven't been on the. Donovan Mitchell has peaked. Zach Levine's pretty much peaked, too. How do we know that? Zach Levine. Levinester. Levinester? You can't be serious. There's no way you said that he was actually serious. And you said that Levine, that Mitchell's about to be better after 
leaving Utah. So how can Don, how can you rather Zach Levine over Donovan Mitchell when in the regular season they are they put up the same production and in the playoffs the 50, 40, playoffs, 85. the the lone playoffs we seen Zach Levine in he was hot. Well, if you Donovan add, Mitchell okay. has been great yeah. in the playoffs. Well, if you add context, which you didn't want to do, he was hurt, right? Mitchell averaged thirty on a bum ankle. No, 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 no. And he was mid no, after no, no, he Zach, got hurt. No, 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 no. Zach Levine said it himself. Since January, he was on a knee, a bad knee that was at ten percent, twenty percent. Mitchell was on a bad ankle the, the entire season. He was on a bad. No, he was not on a bad ankle the entire season. Yes, he was. Check it. Like it. What do you mean? He got. He what do you mean, it. bro? What are you talking about, bro? You really don't do research. Zach was, a, Zach was a Zach was a Zach was a 50, 40, 88 guy before the knee injury, bro. Donovan Mitchell, you know what that is? That's Don, nuts. Donovan Mitchell in twenty twenty played fifty three games because of his ankle injury, bro. He was out a lot of the season because of his ankle injury. I'm talking he about went into the playoffs year, versus the Clippers. Okay, but I'm talking about in twenty twenty. Donovan Mitchell was on a bum ankle and averaged thirty playoffs. Come on, let's stop playing, man. About right in the 2020, Zach wasn't Zach. I don't care about Zach Levine. Got nothing on Spider. Stop playing. Can you stop talking like that, bro. Can you He's stop? Spider, stop. Spider Mitchell. You're acting different. You're talking Spider. different. Spider. Relax. Stop sleeping on Spider, man. No one's sleeping. The only person that no was one. For him was you. You. You, you were the same. Jewel, you were the same person last year that told me you, Demar Derozan's better. Come on. It was a question. It was a Spider. question. Spider was one that I really had to think about. DeMar DeRozan was fantastic this season. He played better than Donovan Mitchell. He's not Spider. Taking why everything. Like, why are you pronouncing it like that? Like, let's just talk about that real quick. That's what I'm saying. Can you relax? You don't I sound know. like this. Bro, Spider. That's you know Spider what? Mitchell. You know what, bro? I, I ain't going to even lie. I ain't going to lie. Because, you know, if God had blessed me with your hairline and your hair, I probably would be talking different, too. So, you know what? Listen, HP, you took CJ McCollum over Donovan Mitchell, and I didn't forget about that. You, I respect you, your opinion, but I didn't forget about that. You you, you are pronouncing spider with a T. I am. Uh, yeah. Spider. 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 Right. Spider. Yeah. Spider. Let the public know this man was not a Donovan Mitchell stand until Nick and no. Donovan Mitchell got together. Correct. Stop. Well, what do you what do you want me to do? You want me to not support my players? And what and what and what he's not your player. If he ends up in Miami, they're winning the championship. That's what's no. happening. Well, look, I, I know that you'll be punching the air with, with, with your eyes closed, you know, crying. So I'll make sure I call you to make sure you're just okay if y'all don't get Donovan. Are they not winning the championship if Mitchell goes to Miami? No, because there's this team. They're called the Warriors, um, and they're pretty good. First of all, don't don't suck your teeth and roll your eyes when I talk about the Warriors. I picked the Warriors to win the championship this past year. But but I picked them. The but, next, but but next year, you're saying with Donovan Mitchell. Next year they the Warriors will not repeat, bro. No, but but you think that Donovan in Miami, they'll win it. I think yeah, they I definitely give them a top five chance. Yeah. Yes or no. Um they not 80%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yes Damn. or no. I give them a big chance to win. Yes, I give them a big chance to win. Yes. Who do they lose? Who do they lose to get Donovan Mitchell? Who does Miami give up to get Donovan Mitchell? Colin Hero Hero. picks. That has to be somebody else for the contracts to match. Yeah. So, like, what are they they going to give up? Bam? Are they going to give up? Duncan Robinson. That. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
I mean, I don't guess you did pay Duncan Robinson, but don't okay. sleep on the spider, man. Don't sleep. I'm on saying this: the Warriors would have swept Miami now. So Donovan Mitchell just makes that a six game series. Rev, you 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 can you cannot talk about flip flopping when you on the would you rather. I didn't say anything about flip flopping. You cannot. Not well, in terms of in a turn, you wanted to call me out for me being low on Mitchell before in the past. Listen, the past is the past, and us humans have a chance to rewrite it every day we wake up. You picked Mitchell all year long over Zach Levine. Now in an offseason, now he now he might go to the Knicks. It's Zach Levine now. Wait, wait. Or would you rather who would you rather have? Number one. Number two, you just said humans can change. The past is the past. You literally just said that. Then said you, I did that. I said you it. Do you believe it no, though? No, no, no. Do you believe in it? I said I would you said would you rather is who would you rather have? I would rather Zach Levine. So who's better though? Oh, Donovan Mitchell's better. That's all I wanted to hear. But I would moving on. Moving on, summer league players that have been surprising you in a good or bad way. Listen, HP, this topic, the floor is yours. You're going first because you are somebody that's big on opportunity. Is uh, basically what is what is everything for these basketball players for these young basketball players. So, what players do you feel like were in horrible opportunities in college, but now in the summer league they're all of a sudden impressing and shocking the world? Oh man, I have to say, the per- there's two there's two te- there's two players that I want to say are shocking me. Paolo Bankiro, that I, I hope I pronounced his name right. Yeah, you did. Um, I was not high on him at all coming out of the draft. I've not been, I have not been high on anybody in this draft. Nobody really. Um, I think that this draft has been full of guys who could probably be second, third, fourth options. Maybe one or two guys might be second level options. Paolo looks like the goods right now. He looks like the absolute goods. You know what, what he did in summer league. Now, of course, I'm not going to give it too much love because it's summer league and the levels of play and all that kind of stuff is different. Lonzo won the MVP and didn't do well with the Lakers. But what Paolo has shown me is skill, being able to take care of the ball, being able to handle it. He's creating shots. He's got a nice stop and go. He's able to change directions, change speeds, and he's hitting his shots at a high level. And he looks like he's trying to come out here and prove every single night that he deserved to be the top pick. It's sad because he got drafted with the Orlando Magic. So he'll probably be putting up empty stats. But what he has done in the summer league has definitely impressed me. I did not expect it at all. That's my first guy. On the flip side, the person who has really shocked me in a bad way is Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp has shocked me and not necessarily because of his play it's because of what i saw during the 12 minutes he played in summer league as well as the interview that dame lillard had during that game i'm not sure if people remember it but they asked him you know what did you think about you know shaden and first of all let me say i thought shaden actually was going to be special i say he probably is the one person in this draft that i believe that actually has the capabilities of being special because he's six 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 seven long arms freak athlete able to score the ball at three levels hit the three he has all the makings of being a special shooting guard with that being said dame they asked dame you know have you gotten a chance to really get with shaden he said 
I've been working on my body and getting myself together. And um, Shaden has kind of been there before um, a little bit after the draft. Uh, we were playing some ones and he jumped in and he kind of, um, um, you know, paused a little bit and said he's a special player. Um, you know, he's very gifted his way. So he's very gifted. He's very talented. And then said, but he's got to put it in action and says to be drafted this high. You need to go out there and play and show or prove that, you know, you deserve the, the draft pick that people have given you. And I find I found that to be really, really weird. And if you go and look at the interview yourself, you'll kind of see that it seemed like Dame really just said a whole bunch of nothing without saying anything bad about Shaden. And what it came off to me, and this is only me, I'm not trying to put any negativity out there, but what it sounded like to me is this guy really isn't out here working. And he kind of seems like he's just floating by and collecting his checks. When I saw Shaden get out there, it had been almost two years since he had played basketball or a year and a half since he's played basketball. He didn't look enthusiastic. He didn't seem very um, excited about being out there. He wasn't very aggressive, you know, and personally for me as a former basketball player, if I haven't played in so long and I'm right now playing on the biggest stage of my career, the place that I dreamed of playing all my life, I'm trying to come out here and get bucks, especially if I haven't played in a year and a half. I need to show people that, I deserve this, that I'm the truth and that all y'all suck. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't do that, but then he didn't even look like he was going for it. Normally, when players are really, really excited about getting out there and playing, they do too much. But you're willing to accept that because you'll say, OK, at least he cares. He's really out here trying to do it. So when I look at that, I look at we don't even know what the injury was like or how it happened. But they just say, yeah, his shoulders messed up. And then that was it. And then I look at what Dame said about Shaden or what he didn't say about Shaden made me feel some type of way. But then what followed up was immediately after that, they asked him, what did you think about Jeremy Grant and getting him? He had a lot to say about Jeremy Grant. He's athletic, very talented. He's been on a lot of winning uh, teams and winning cultures. His skill level is really high. He proved that to me before uh, we played in USA. He proved it to me when I, we were with USA. And he's going to really change our culture or change our franchise. He's a big piece for us. And I found that really, really strange. So those are the two things that really shocked me during Summer League. And at this point, I'm scared to death about Shaden Sharp. As am I. For me, I got uh, I got a few guys on this list. I'm going to start off with a guy who was pretty underrated, Josh Minot out of uh, Memphis, you know, Minnesota. Gave him a contract. I thought that's one of the guys that impressed me, 6'8", long, athletic, a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He really was a guy who didn't – I don't want to say he didn't play a lot, but he didn't – you know, he didn't pop off at Memphis. You know, Memphis had a lot of guys in the rotation – but coming in for the summer league, he's looked really impressive. And like you said, summer league is like college with NBA rules. So I'm not going to sit here and make it a big thing. But I think that's a young guy, another guy added to the Minnesota's young core, somebody who can definitely contribute, maybe not day one, but can come in and definitely contribute down the line. So for me, that's one. Uh, Keegan Murray was another guy, you know, him coming in and being that type of shooter. I think he's going to play a three. Eventually yeah. in the NBA, I think he'll transfer to the three as soon as his handles uh, lace him up. Like he need those handles need to tighten up. But I think he's more in tune with a three. But I think he looked really good in summer league. Guy who can space the floor. He showed a lot of decision making. Defense was solid. So that's another guy. The guys who disappointed me was Kaminga. I think 
Kaminga kind of has that. I don't want to say that shade and sharp personality is a little bit of the opposite, but he feels like he's too good for summer league. He feels like he's the best player in summer league. He feels like he needs to go out there and be the number one guy. And I get it. You're a top pick. You're young. You're probably, he was probably one of the youngest guys in summer league still, but you still got to work, you know, him coming in, in the game, forcing a lot of shots, kind of going not, not passing the ball. So he needs to fix that up. Jabari Smith jr. Is another one. His three-point shot has not translated like I thought it was. But like I said, it's just summer league. But the handles are suspect. The shot making is not there. The defense is there though, so I'll give him that. He has been really good on the defensive end in summer league. But yeah, those are my four guys. So to to backpack real quick, 100%. Jabari Smith's been a little bit disappointing to me. You mentioned it perfectly. His handle, he just seems a little bit sloppy with the basketball in his hand. Seems a little bit nervous. Seems like he's just trying to do too much. He's processing the game fast. His brain is working too fast for his body or other way around. His body's working too fast while his brain's still trying to process what's going on. Uh, You alluded to Keegan Murray, but I would have loved a little bit more in-depth analysis with the fact that Keegan Murray's been absolutely hooping. Five 20-point games in summer league. Of the 13 lottery picks, there have been six, two from Benedict Matherin. He has been phenomenal, uh, super exciting because I've spoken about the Kings. Joel, of course, has spoken about the Kings. But it seems week to week about this draft process with Keegan Murray, Jay, and Ivy. And Keegan Murray is validating the Kings at this current moment. Of course, it's summer league. Like we're all alluding you know, we're getting a little, just a taste of what Keegan Murray can actually do, but nevertheless, it's exciting to see that he's putting it on display. Now, my, my next player that I have been surprised by is Moses Moody. Now I say surprised very loosely because we saw flashes of what Moses Moody can do for sure. But the fact that he can have eruptions scoring the basketball bodes very well, especially for this upcoming season where there were some subtractions in the Warriors lineup. And now Moody might be in a position where he might see extended minutes and potentially thrive in that role. So for me, Moses Moody was a great pick. I have two that haven't been mentioned yet. Johnny Davis, averaging eight points, shooting 27% from the field. Your guy. I thought he was going to be much better coming out the gate in Summer League, but it's just Summer League, so I'm not too worried about it. And then in a good way, it's Quinn Grimes, the Q-man. Uh, 23 points per game, four rebounds, four assists. His efficiency is off, off the charts. Now, Quinn Grimes, Q Grimes is somebody that he's a very good young player. And if the Knicks keep him in a Donovan Mitchell trade, I'll be ecstatic. If he is indeed traded, he's going to be very, very good in Utah. He's somebody that is already a very good 3 and D player but the Knicks weren't utilizing his on-ball capabilities, and he can handle the ball, he can drop to the basket. So in an increased role, he can really show out. And in Summer League, we're, we're facing Portland for the championship. Ring us. We about to get that ring, baby. Let's go. And Q Grimes is leading the way, MVP for sure. That's the let guy. Me, let me ask you, uh, Quinn, uh, excuse me, Quinn Grimes or Tyler Hero? Quinn Grimes. Nasty talk. Nasty talk. Give that man a nasty award. Quentin Grimes long-term, for sure. So can I just ask a question? Because um, I'm baffled. Uh, how Flabbergasted. Do you, how do you, like, okay, so let's put Quinn Grimes 
and Tom <laughs> Hero right next to each other. How do you build up enough game film to watch Quentin Grimes to understand that he's better long-term than Tyler Harrell? Because Tyler Harrell has a lot of game film. Playoffs, regular season, ECFs, the finals. So let me ask you, what game film does Grimes have that you've seen where it's like, not garbage time, I don't care about garbage time, I'm talking about big-time moments where it's like, no, nah, he got it. He's he's better than Tyler Harrell. Riv, um, who's going to be problem better? With you, Riv, I'm going to tell you your problem, Riv. I'm going to tell you your problem. You want to know what your problem is, Riv? You ask too many logical questions. <laughs> too many, okay? You're asking the logical right questions, and I'm not sure if you know, but in this day and age, you can't do that, okay? You can't. Okay. You can't yeah. do that. What are you, what are you thinking? Oh, Riv, Don't Riv, Riv. Who's going to be better long-term, Jonathan Kaminga or Jeremy Grant? What do you think? Jonathan Kaminga has more potential. How do you – rack up another game film to make a statement like that. I just don't understand it. Uh, no, you can you can look at potential. Yeah, I can look at the potential of Quinn Grimes. So I'm asking you, what game film did you see? Because we've seen some moments. He shot 40% from, from three this past season with the Knicks. He is a pesty defender. He Tyler Hero will, will never be the defender Quinn Grimes is already. Quinn okay. Grimes is just getting better. Quinn Grimes 40% three-point shooter, I think the jump shot is similar. Tyler Hero is better as a playmaker, is better as a scorer, for sure. But Quentin Grimes, I'm telling you, he goes to a team like Utah. He's right. averaging 15 to 18 points per game. Quentin Grimes is going to take a Desmond Bain-type leap this upcoming season. Um, I got to be honest. Um, When I saw that Desmond. tweet from you, yeah, no, no, I, I'm not acknowledging it. I'm not acknowledging it. Why not? Um, you, don't, you don't think you could be that? No, Desmond Bain is nice. Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is Tyler Hero. Desmond Bain. So if I think Quinn Grimes can be just as good as Desmond Bain. But the thing is, I disagree with your assessment. Let's think about this. Drew, Drew, let's think about this real quick. They're the same age, Tyler Hero and Quinn Grimes. They're the same age. So as of today, Tyler Hero has already, already been a six-man scorer. He's been to the finals. He's had huge moments in the ECF. Okay. He's been through two playoff, two uh, two uh, deep playoff runs. Quinn Grimes just played his first year. He shot forty percent from the three point line. He was a really good defender in the minutes he got, but the Knicks were a bottom dweller, so he didn't like most of the times when it was prime time moments. It wasn't a lot because they weren't good. So my thing is, obviously you're just projecting because you've seen from the from the little moments you've seen from Quinn. You you asked me you tried to ask me that dumbass Jeremy Grant question. Jeremy Grant when he matters, <laughs> so like that. We're like, come on, like that. Hey, hold up, hold up. You do know that Tyler Hero is younger than Desmond Bain, right? I was talking about Tyler Hero and Quinn Grimes, bro. No, I know, I know, but Desmond Bain is older than Tyler Hero. What the, I mean, I, you took okay. This, 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 this is this is this is the point I want to make. Who would you rather, Desmond Bain or Tyler Hero? Hmm, that's a good ass question. Desmond Bain. I don't think so. No, honestly, don't know. Okay, I, guess I, 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 I guess I don't look at that as a good. I would question. rather both of them than Grimes, though. Okay, but I, you know, what's funny, Riv. The the only reason why you're even taking time to think about this is because we're debating Quentin Grimes. But had I mentioned this to you on any other show, you're taking Desmond Bain in a heartbeat because I know you. And given okay, HP or and Drew, you guys, show? you you guys both took Desmond Bain, right? So according to Riv's logic. That is illogical because 
Desmond Bain has not done anything close to what Tyler Hero has accomplished so far in their career, and Tyler Hero is also younger than Desmond Bain. If you the want thing to is Desmond Bain age. had a full season of starting and production to show you that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's not. It's not exactly. Even, but but I'm projecting. I'm projecting Quinn Grimes is going to be big time. He's going to be big time. Off the top of your head, do you know how many minutes per game uh, Quinn Grimes averaged? Seventeen to nineteen point minutes per game. Okay, that's how much he averaged. I. Can search it up right now for sure. 17 minutes. 17. 46 yeah. games. Yeah. And also yeah, I'll, I'll, points. Thibodeau doesn't play the kids, bro. But when he played, he was big time. When he played, he was very, very good. Yeah, he, he played 46 games. His rookie season went under the radar, but he's a very good player. I just think saying things like that, come on, like. No, I, I really was dumbfounded. It's not crazy. I was dumbfounded when I went to your Twitter. If you watch the Quentin Grimes tape, it's because Knicks fans understand. Quentin Grimes. Yeah, because Knicks fans are, are insane. No. They are the most delusional fan base in the world. And like, I'm a Lakers oh. fan, and I can say that. You're not a fan of a team, Drew. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's what you want to say. LeBron fans yeah. are the most delusional fan base in all the sports. But am I? But they have something I'm not. To back it up. So I don't. I don't. Think, thank you very much. Even if that, if I were to be delusional, if I wanted to. So perhaps, how much? Okay. Over under. Quentin Grimes averages over 15 points per game next season. Under. Under. Depends on where he goes. If he stays with you guys, I don't think he'll average 15. Yeah, I think he's going to start if he stays with us. Was he starting over? All right. So, but question: How is he it's averaging gonna, 15? It's, it's, how is he averaging 15 over Brunson? Oh, okay. Over Mitchell? Over RJ? Have, over Julius? Bro, 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 bro. If we don't get Mitchell, is Fournier still gonna play? Gonna oh, play I apologize. Game. I apologize. Yeah. Correct, correct, correct. Brunson, thinking, Grimes, RJ. I look. No, I I'm think thinking. Quentin Grimes is, is gonna have to be in the trade package. Sadly. Oh, okay, okay. That's and what I was thinking. I'm thinking Utah, Fifteen is gonna happen. I'm just telling you that. But that's like, who cares? They're gonna be ass. That doesn't take away anything <laughs> from him as a player, though. Yeah, but you're, you're talking about you comparing him to Tyler Hero who averaged 15 in a winning situation, that's a little different than 15 in a bat, in like an ass situation. Yeah. But you tend to like guys who do that in wax situations, especially the one, you know, you tend to follow this, this trend here. You said I tend to like guys named the one guy. So? That's all you have. You just have one guy. It's the only guy that came to my mind. Talking about Quinn Grimes, second year players, we expect to take a big jump. My guy's no other than Quentin Grimes. Like, <laughs> Quentin Grimes, I think I told you, is going to take a Desmond Bain-like leap. Is, is he maybe going to average nine, 18, 19? Probably not. But, you know, going from six points, which he averaged last year, to 15 is a nine-point leap, which is similar to what Desmond Bain did uh, this past season. So I think Quentin Grimes is averaging double digits this year. There's no doubt. Uh, his rookie season got swept under the radar because nobody paid attention to the Knicks. Nobody paid attention to Quentin Grimes, but he's a very, very good player, and he's going to show it this upcoming season. Uh, the second player I have is a, is a toss-up for me. It's between Moses Moody and Zaire Williams. Can't That's really one it. Guy. Can't just give one guy. Unbelievable. It's that second-year uh, players. Uh, yeah, I know. Just can't give one guy and just move on. There's four guys here. You know what I'm saying? I got one, so I think I need to say mine next, just in case y'all take it. Smart. Smart. Go ahead. 
You said no, good. I said smart. Go ahead. Oh, I thought I thought Joel was still doing his. No, no. My, hey, my, Drew, my, you said Javante smart. Huh? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I'm playing. Oh, you guys. <laughs> my, my my second year player that I expect to make a big jump is Trey Man. Let me go on throughout there. I think Trey Man is gonna do really well. Uh he averaged 10, 3, and 2 this past year. Had a 35-point game, uh, one of his last games of the season against the Boston Celtics. Shot 13 for 21 from the field and 7 for 12 from the three-point line. Uh, had some injuries, you know, uh, kind of throughout the season. I think he had a nagging hamstring injury. He played really well during the summer league before having this uh, knee injury. I think he'll be fine. But I said this on I said this on a video I did on my YouTube channel, Who Politics. Um, Trey Mann was going to be one of the biggest steals of the draft last year. And I think he's done really well with OKC. I think that uh, him coming off the bench, I think that he's going to continue to get better. I expect him to get around the range of probably about 15 points a game next year. I think he's, it's better. It's easier for him to get that than Quinn Grimes. Without a Trey doubt. Man. Yep, Trey Mann. Okay. Uh, All right. So, off Joel, the bench. Joel. Yeah. Keep, you. All right. So, Joel alluded to it. Uh, one of his guys was Moses Moody. 100% agree with the subtractions of of Gary Payton, Otto Porter. There's going to be room for opportunity, and I think that Moody is going to fill that role. A great 3 and D ball player, fits the scheme for the Warriors perfectly. Moody is going to be in a position where I do see him taking that leap and having success in year two. My second guy, Riv, I'm sorry if this is your guy, is Davion Mitchell. As a starter, averaged 18 points, seven assists, I believe. Uh, yeah, seven, seven assists, 2.3 rebounds on 45% from the field, 35% from three as a starter. Now, I don't know if Davion's going to be a starter this season, but regardless of that fact, I think Davion showed great strides in his development towards the end of the season. And I think that it's going to continue and we're going to see him have a great G, a great jump in year two as well. I thought we were sticking to two players, Joe. That's too bad. You said you gave three, so I can't prepare with the second. <laughs> Who was the three? You said three, did you not? You said you're torn between Moody and uh, it was irrelevant once I heard Moody. Zaire Williams. There you go. For me, I mean, those are good picks. You could have named the whole Warrior, you know, Kaminga, Moody, expect them to. And even Wiseman, because he didn't play year two. So for real. This is okay. his year two. Um, okay. For me, yeah, for me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I got two names. One is a big time name, the best player in this class, Cade Cunningham. I think there's a lot of expectations on him coming into year two. This team looks pretty good to be maybe not a playoff lock or a playing team, but just more competitive from that standpoint, just being better. You got Ivy, you picked up two vets and Burks and Nerlens Noel's from the Knicks. You picked Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart is shooting threes in summer league. So I think he's going to do it in the, in the league in the regular season. So you expect a lot. K. Cunningham is going to have a lot of expectations. My next guy is Bones Highland. We was talking about him a little bit earlier. With I like that. Monte Morris being traded, I expect him to get those six-man minutes, and I think he's going to definitely be – he's not going to be a top three guy, but I think he could be top five, top six guy for six-man a year. I think he has that type of ability. You saw it in the playoffs. He was getting a little bit of that green light from Malone. I think he's going to get that throughout the regular season. He's earned that. And now Monte Morris is gone. So he's going to run that second unit. And I'm expecting big things from Big Bones. And he's a good rapper. I'm All sorry. HP. I thought I thought you mentioned your – I forgot that you mentioned your guy already. <laughs> yeah, I already mentioned my guy. 
I was like, I'm waiting on HP to say something. I was like, I, oh. I was getting ready to make a, a rap career joke by saying, you know what, right now is not the time for him. You know, on on the topic list of the show, I know that I put we're gonna react to the top ten do the top ten young cores, but I know that's gonna take a very long time, and I'm not really beat for that right now. That's right. Because I know it's gonna get it's gonna be a lot of heated debates and stuff, and we already had a lot with the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell and now Quentin Grimes. You know, Riv's not a believer in Q Dot Grimes. Uh, can't do anything about that. Because you're not a believer in Q. Grimes. Both of them agreed with me. It's only he's just a, Rims. He, he's about to be a summer league champion. I don't care about that. The Kings were summer league champions. Come on, bro. Game. It's the Knicks' first ring since 73. Like, Ooh, they got to have some. I love it. That's now, nasty. this is the last topic of the show. And, HP, you touched on this earlier. But what team do you currently feel is in no man's land? They have no direction. I have a feeling you're about to say Portland. The Portland Trailblazers, <laughs> the Portland Trailblazers. It just it doesn't make sense. And I blame Portland. I blame Dane. And I, I, I just don't understand it at this point. And the reason I say that is because. The talent that they have given up, and in my opinion, they haven't gotten much in return for it. They gave up Gary Trent Jr. Who did they get back? Norman Powell? Yep. Was that, was that yep. who? Yep. yep. Is he even still there? No. no, he's on the Clippers. Who did they get for him? They, I gave, think... up, they, they gave up CJ McCollum. They, they traded Norman Powell with Robert Covington to the Clippers for <laughs> Eric Bledsoe, I believe, and uh, Keon Johnson. Right. So... What did they get for that? Then, then I look at CJ McCollum left, and wh- what are you? What what did they get for that? And 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 the thing that bothers me about it is because Josh Hart, right? Which is a good basketball player. Josh is a good basketball player. You know, guards. You know, it's a de- a, a pretty decent score. I like Josh Hart, but what I say to myself is just. Y'all are making moves and then you're getting on TV and you're saying that y'all are trying to contend for a championship. We're trying to build around Dame. But your signs, just the signings that you make and the trades that you make show otherwise. And the thing that bothers me is CJ left, went to a great situation in New Orleans. Dame got hurt. Perfect time for Anthony Simons to step up, which he did. He did. He played great. He looks great. He looks like he could be extremely special at some point. Now, if you want to sign him, cool, which they did. What did he get? A $100 million extension? Yeah, he's getting $20 million, I think. $25 yeah. million a year. $25, excuse me. Super, super nice. I like it. I love it. You went and got Jeremy Grant. I love it. It's for, going to be for the first time they're going to have a, a, a wing defender who can shoot the basketball because, to your point earlier, we were talking about it. Mo Harkless and um, Al Farouk Aminu isn't getting it done. Jeremy Grant could help a lot of basketball teams right now be the final piece for championships. Jeremy Grant is very good. And then I thought through the reports that were coming in that he was going that the Portland Trailblazers were going to trade that seventh pick to Indiana to get OG uh, Agunobi from from, 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 uh, from Toronto. 
And to me, if they would have done that, that would have been special because now you have, uh, you got Dame, you got Anthony, you got OG, you got Jeremy Grant, and then you can maybe package up Nurkic. You could try to trade him to get you a better center, but instead you kept your pick and you drafted Shaden Sharp, who is a shooting guard, six, six long arms, you know, all that's great. But if you believe in getting Shaden, then why did you go and uh, re-sign Anthony? So now you're back to the same situation we were talking about if Donovan went over to New York. You have Dame, who's a smaller guard, and you have Anthony now, who's a smaller guard. And I don't think that Anthony is better than CJ, so why not have just kept CJ if we were just going to go back to the same thing? Then I look at Dame and I say, all right, Dame, are you going to maybe like use your muscle to maybe try to get some stuff going, some trades? And instead, you resign for $100 million. And then you get up and say, I'm not going to run from the grind. I don't know what Portland is doing. At this point, I just don't know what they're doing. It just doesn't make sense. You drafted Shaden. You uh, you re-signed Anthony. You re-signed Dane. You got Jeremy Grant, which is great. And then you still have Nurkic, who's not really been great finishing around the rim. He's not great defensively. He doesn't do well around length. You could have either traded that pick and went and got OG, or you could have at least drafted Jalen Duran, who looks like a miniature Dwight Howard, a baby Dwight Howard. Like there, there are other things that you could have done. And so when I look at Portland, I just look at it as no man's land because you've now re-signed Dane to where he's going to be around for another three, four years. You're going to waste his career or, you know, his prime years. And y'all are going to be in the middle of the pack. You're going to be fighting to maybe get into the playoffs. And when it's all said and done, are any of the guys that you have right now on your roster going to ever be better than Dane? I don't believe it. So you're really just selling tickets at this point. There are three teams in the NBA that I feel like are in no man's land. What's wrong with you? You What's wrong with you? You mentioned <laughs> HP. You mentioned one of them. One of them is the Portland Trailblazers. I will be shocked if the teams that you guys have aren't one of these three, but I'll name one of them that I have. Thank you. Thank you. What did you think I was going to do, Drew? What name all of them, you bastard. I'm, I'm just telling the audience there are three teams that Joel Moran believes are in no man's land. The next one is the Washington Wizards. Think pretty easily. They are they are a no man's land team. That was the team I have. You give Bradley Beal a supermax. You bring in Kristaps Porzingis. You bring in Monte Morris, Will Barton. I mean, this team is a playing team in the Eastern Conference at best. You're not going to make any noise, and you have a lot of these guys signed to long term deals. There is some young talent on this team. There's no doubt. There's young talent. Danny Alvia, Daniel Gafford, Rui Hachimura, um, Corey Kispert, Johnny Davis. But a lot of these young, talented players, I don't think anybody views as anything other than just valuable role players. Yep. And really, they don't have they, – they, there's no potential for this team to make a big-time run. It's just a bunch of very good players and then Bradley Beal and Chris stops. And how far is that getting you in the East? It's not getting you anywhere. So you're right. The two, the two no-man land teams as of now, Washington Wizards, Portland Trailblazers, for sure. And – I'm looking forward to hearing Riv and Drew's other teams. Maybe Drew says another team that I'm thinking of, but there's one more team I have that's a no man's land team. You want me to go River you? So I did have Washington as one of my teams that was in no man's land. Now this might shock you guys. Unfortunately, the one team that I have that's borderline stuck in no man's land 
is the Los Angeles Lakers. And that is, <laughs> that is until Russell Westbrook is no longer a Laker. If he remains a Laker, we're, we're kind of stuck in no man's land where we have to have that money be on our cap for at least the end of this season. That's 45. We have LeBron James on a max contract, have Anthony Davis on a max contract, and we have a bunch of role players around them that truthfully just don't fit the play styles of these three ball players, unless we have guys like Anthony Davis. I won't mention Russell because I went on a tangent and nauseum earlier in the show about Russ and his play with the Lakers, but Anthony Davis, who won, I have to give credit to, has been in the gym, has been working on his jump shot, is is coming into this season motivated, dedicated. I absolutely love to see it, but it's dependent on whether he's willing to, to get down low, bang, be the dominant force we know Anthony Davis can be. And, of course, like I mentioned earlier, if Russell Westbrook's willing to be a team player and adjust his play style to the needs of the Los Angeles Lakers. And I say we're lost in, in no man's land right now because I – I don't know if any of these things are going to come into fruition. I can trust in Anthony. I can put my, my faith in Anthony Davis because I've seen how great AD and LeBron can be when they're both healthy, when they're at their best. And that's a championship, but it's tough for me to sit here and say, I can trust that Anthony Davis is going to play 65 games of an NBA regular season. It's tough or it's hard for me to trust that the Lakers are going to have Russell Westbrook be a team player and be willing to, to adjust his play style to fit the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, on top of this, we don't have a draft pick until 2026. That's fully ours. At this point, we are solely reliant on LeBron James and everything that he brings to Los Angeles Lakers. And we are, I don't know the word I'm looking for specifically, but we are kind of at the mercy of Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook being who we all thought that they can be. We know we've seen AD and LeBron at their best, but the three-headed monster monster of LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook was supposed to be fantastic. But it's all dependent on whether Russ is willing to adjust his play style. And as of right now, until that happens, we're kind of stuck. Um, I have three teams, just in case somebody stole one. Smart politics stole one. He said Portland. I think uh, I, I agreed with a lot of things he said. Um, I think when they got the seventh pick, they should have made a choice. Go full rebuild with Anthony Simons in the seventh pick or trade the seventh pick and go straight, yo, we're going to build around Dame. They chose to do a little bit of both, stupid move. Yeah. They're stuck where they're going to be at. They're just going to be maybe a playoff team, maybe not, whatever. Um, another team I had was the Charlotte Hornets. You know, I feel like with everything, the situation that they, they've gone through, two years straight, playing, blown out, embarrassed, shouldn't have even been there. Now the whole Miles Bridges situation, Gordon Hayward's on the contract, Tony Rozier's on the contract. I think we can all agree they're going to be what they're going to be for the foreseeable future. They're good ball players. No, yeah, but I'm saying, like, they peaked. Like, you could rely on LaMelo to get better, but I think with the East, Atlanta just made a move. The Knicks are trying to mm-hmm. make a move right now. You got the Heat. You got the Bulls. You got the Bucks. You got Philly. You got all these teams. Cleveland is going to continue to get better. It just doesn't show – Charlotte hasn't shown room to improve, and I don't think they're going to get anybody in free agency. So right now they're stuck in no man's land. And I picked a contender because I feel like you can be in, you can be a contender and still be in no man's land. Like you can like same way how Portland was and Utah was, where they were great, but they were never going to win a chip. You know what I'm saying? They were just peaked at where that. And I think Phoenix is at that point where they're they're in no man's land in terms of they will never ever 
get back to the finals with this group of guys that they have. I don't think so. I don't think they'll never win a championship with this group of guys. I don't think they'll never go to the finals. I think at this point, we just seen Dallas embarrass them. Dallas got better. We've seen the Clippers. They get better every year. It's weird. The Warriors are still going to be the Warriors. Denver just got a little better. Memphis is going to keep being old, um, keep improving and keep, keep building the IQ. Minnesota just made a big-time move to get better. Anthony Edwards is one of the guys that's going to get better. And Phoenix is kind of stuck where it's like Chris Paul is getting older. Aiden doesn't even want to be there. And Devin Booker is probably going to improve a little by little in his game. But I think we're starting to get to that point where he's reaching the overall apex of his game and his ability. So I think and Bridges and Johnson, in my opinion, are what they're going to be. So I think Phoenix is also at that point as a contender. They're in no man land where they just won't win a chip. But they'll be competitive for the regular season. I'll say this. Um, big brain take with the this, the Suns. I, I, I want to say that before I get to my next point. That was brilliant. Um, but for the Hornets, I was contemplating putting them as one of my teams in no man's land. But the reason why I, I kind of pushed back on my, my thought process there was you have Lamella ball like, like that yeah. alone, that alone's direction for me that like, that's enough for me. You understand you have your franchise piece. You have the, you have your point guard who has the size, who has the athleticism, the ability to shoot, the ability to create needs to be better at defense, but that will come with effort. Once the team is put around him that he knows he can trust to win. That's direction enough for me personally. The three no man land teams I had was Portland, Washington, and Charlotte. So those are the three that I thought were in no man's land. Right. I mean, uh, Phoenix, you, you can argue it. I, I I know what you're saying, but big brain to, take to me, no man land means that this team doesn't know what they're doing. They don't they don't know what they're striving for. I think I Phoenix it. has it. a has a goal. And is that goal realistic? I think it is. You know, do I think they'll achieve it? No, but I think them winning a championship still is a reasonable goal. No, yeah, I, I looked at no man's land as like you're stuck at a place where you can't really move out of. So that's yeah. how I picked it. I was like, they're kind Listen, of stuck where I saw your vision. Yeah, I saw your vision and it hit. Yeah, that sounds good. I like hey, it. Uh, Charlotte, but I, I mean, LaMelo, it's, I understand he might, like, he's, he, I, he's, the potential is there. Nobody's denying that the potential is not there. But if you look at, do you want it to look like Phoenix when they kind of just had Denver, Devin Booker in just a bunch of years? They made it. They made it work. They made it work. That's because his loyalty was strong. Do we know if Lamelo's loyalty is that strong? That's fair. I think Lamelo's going to leave Charlotte. Like, like it's come home. Let him come home to New York. To the Clippers. Don't play. Don't play like that. <laughs> Say, come on, dude. <laughs> to Sacramento. Yeah, he just lost That's the second player. He just lost Bridges, and then it's like ah, Hayward's in and out the lineup. It's mm-hmm. tough. Man. Listen, I, I understand what you're saying for sure. But, again, like I said already, LaMelo Ball and his potential are too high for me to think that they don't see a direction with him as their guy. Yep. But do you think he makes a big leap this year to where they'll be fighting for a player? I mean, they've already been back-to-back plans. I mean, so, yes, I'm going to go and say they, yes. I think they drop out the plan. They don't make the plan this year. I think we're going to see LaMelo take an increase in his he scoring. To. He Exactly, 100%. Like, we could see LaMelo ball average 25 points this season. I would not be shocked. Okay, okay, 25. I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. I'll say this. I hope that Charlotte – gets 
the OGs that they just need in their life. And that's like not even really to be funny, but like, you know, it's just when you look at Charlotte, they are very talented across the board. They're they're extremely talented. They're young. They're vibrant. They they have fun when they play. They're exciting. But I really just hope that Charlotte finds a way to get veterans in there that that can show them how to be a professional on and off the court, as well as have them be somebody that the kids actually respect. That that's what I hope because, you know, just, and it, it's not just them, but just throughout seeing the, the NBA lately, Devonte Graham as well, Montrez Harrell, you know, the league is getting younger and younger and, People say that that's such a good thing and people are more talented than ever and all that kind of stuff. And something that I always say is that the players are more talented than ever, but the basketball is worse than ever because you have a bunch of people who know how to do everything, but nobody knows why they're doing anything. They're just doing it just to do it. And I think that in order to get to that point to where you can really maximize your potential, you have to have maturity. And the only way that you can really get the maturity that you need is to surround yourself by it. So I hope that with everything that's going on in the league lately, I hope that Charlotte can see that they need to get some veterans. And I hope that the NBA does a better job of keeping older people around like Miami has done, even with the jokes of Udonis Haslam, because that builds culture and that builds people who know how to handle their business on the court as well as off the court. It makes a lot of sense. And with that, this is going to do it for episode 196 of the Pick Aside podcast, New Politics. Thanks for stopping by, my brother. Hey, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. Let's do this again. Hopefully the next one we're going to be in person. Yeah, yes, for sir. sure. You know, you're moving closer. We definitely got to have a podcast in person. Anything yes, you sir. want to shout out before you go? Um, yeah, man. Follow me on TikTok uh, at hoop underscore politics. Follow me on the YouTube channel at hoop politics. Everything is hoop politics. And um, shout out to God, man. For real, shout out to God, man. He's been blessing me and I hope he's been blessing y'all. And I'll see y'all when I see y'all for sure. Yes, sir. You can follow us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. And if you want to, you can get a Riv Academy t-shirt at pickasidepodcast.com. We'll make sure those are up. Thank you for listening and or watching, and we'll see you next time.